1: Call a Ghostbusters.
0: Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that uses boson darts to soften them up. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Fake Maniac from the internet, and joining me this week as co host and roving minecart companion, because we're on a minecart now, in case you didn't know, going through a Shandorian mine, It's Tony Taylor awesome. of Tony Taylor Toys. How are you, Tony Taylor? Hello. I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I feel like I'm doing the reunion tour. Austin was here recently. You've come back. People are like, are yes. oh, you just like run out of guests? And I'm like, no, I just have favorites. What do you want from me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is it is an honor to be back. Do I get a jacket or do I get some sort of like award for being
0: here? Two time? The two time? <laughs> Did you not hear about this? Because no. when <laughs> when Austin was on recently... I said, if you come back five times, we get you like a robe or something, like the five-timers robe. Oh, yes. Like SNL. That got us into a discussion about how he had to fabricate the robes because (laughs) he's a prop fabricator. And this led us down to a discussion about whether or not Dana Barrett has ever worn a robe. Oh, yeah. And whether or not there's a screen-accurate robe. And we believed that there was a deleted scenes tops card from Ghostbusters 2 of her wearing a robe. And we both somehow forgot that at the end of Ghostbusters 1, she is totally wearing a robe. She comes yes. downstairs and she's next to the ambulance wearing a robe. Like, so, <laughs> so yes, if you continue to come on the show and if Austin makes the robes, because <laughs> it's his job, <laughs> then people are getting Make five-timers Make them. <laughs> um yeah so five timers gifts they're good they're coming uh but you got to come on three more times before you you have to punch your subway club card enough times before you can get it so challenge accepted yeah i don't know the plasm spasm card that's what we're gonna call that I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> well i'm glad you're back and it's nice to see you uh and hear you and because i get to, i get to see you on a webcam when we do this everybody else is like what are you talking about this isn't video um What this is what no are you it's buying? great this
1: is awesome it talk Ghostbusters. What what could be better?
0: I love talking Ghostbusters. Um, so much so that I didn't do it for an entire week. So welcome back, everybody. <laughs> <Noah>. <laughs> absence <laughs> I absence
1: makes the heart grow fonder.
0: It's true. Um, I've I know there are definitely a whole bunch of things to talk about this week. We have to talk about some things you're working on that'll be fun to talk about because you're always working on something. Um, always. But there's a lot going on in the world of Ghostbusters this week. There's video game changes. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I finished last week's ep- or l- the last episode and I said, there will be a DLC pack coming for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. And then like no joke, I literally posted the episode and f- like four hours later, it was like the DLC is now available. And I was like, way to be timely. <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting for you. Yeah, well, I'm sure that anybody uh went, downloaded it, played it and then heard the podcast and they were like, hey, way to go. <laughs> 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 you clearly are on the PR list and finding out things well in advance. Um, but I'm kidding, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's a good, it's, there's a lot going on and, um, I'm actually kind of frustrated because and I'm going to just say this now before we even get any headlines or anything else. I was looking right before we started recording the podcast and there is some new blurb in the February 9th episode or issue of production weekly magazine that mm. lists, that one of the topics apparently it's not even a magazine. It's a database service. It's like you go to their website and download a PDF. And all it really is is like, here's all the stuff that's being worked on in Hollywood and in, in production right now. And here's the contact information, of those people and the kinds of jobs they're looking for and uh, where they're doing those, the, that work. And this week on February 9th, there's an issue of that or whatever you want to call it, an iteration of it, where it says that one of the topics discussed is Untitled Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. Um, so mm. if anyone out there has access to production weekly, <laughs> extra <extraplasm laughs> on Twitter, extra on Instagram, or extraplasm podcast the gmail.com because I have no idea what it is, but I want to know. So yeah.
1: I bet it's really important too.
0: I'm sure it's so, so important. It's super spoilery. Yeah. I'm sure that it's like mm-hmm. we're hiring porters uh, <laughs> to sweep floors in London but we are put it in here in production weekly magazine um it's not i don't know why I keep calling it a magazine it's not like somebody said to me can i go get it at barnes and noble and i was like no <laughs> like it's a 75 a month intelligence service basically um which is why i'm not paying for it cuz that's a lot of money um but uh-huh. it's a, it's i was thinking about this recently this is like the craziest and most busy time in ghost busting probably since we were like nine like nine for me when I was nine like 1989 like think about how much stuff is in production right now yeah I know more than ever really you yeah, know I think I literally think there is more stuff Ghostbusters wise actively in production than there may have ever simultaneously been before right because like between you have
1: the VR coming mm-hmm. out the spirits unleashed is going on animated. Uh, movie and series, am yep. I right? Yep, plus the and new, obviously, the new movie, right? Like, and Firehouse, plus who knows what else. So, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, like,
0: it's kind of nuts. It's like, the golden age. Yeah, it's strange. It's really, it's like really <laughs> weird to think about it, but it's like we think about the golden age of Ghostbusters as Ghostbusters fans as existing, like, somewhere it might around be right now. Yeah, no, really. Like, it, we think about it being like the late 80s, early 90s. And the more I look at like all the stuff that's in production, I keep going like, no, like somehow we've reached this point where there's actually a deeper amount of content that might be happening in this current moment than there ever was then. It's weird.
1: Yeah, but. we're right on the cusp of stuff starting to come out from the new movie coming out. And all this stuff is so early in production, like in a couple of months. We're, there's going to be so much stuff to read about and oh, look yeah. at and speculate. And I
0: I'm won't so be sitting around being like, hi, do you have a subscription to an expensive thing so that <laughs> you might pass along secrets? to me so that I can feel like I have the juicy berries no like, <laughs> like <laughs> no I mean really like that's the funniest part about it is it's the ebbs and flows of production as much as I feel like there's not a lot of official news coming out right now because there can't be right and it's like there's yeah. production's yeah. going on so it's like nobody's going to talk to you right now about what's happening <laughs> like that's that, unless it's really to their interest so um I don't know we're going to talk about news and headlines in a few minutes and if, if anybody's listening, and they're like, "Well, where's my story about how there's a trailer coming from a Ghostbusters movie?" or none of these things are happening yet, I don't want to tell you. Like maybe, but in the meantime, get me the information from Production soon. Weekly soon, soon. <laughs> yes. When will then be now? Soon. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So let's um let's do that. Let's talk about some Ghostbusters headlines. That's um part. Yeah. This is the part of the show where we do that. So. On to the news, everybody.
2: Still making headlines all across the country. The Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Phone-in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting.
0: Y extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headline coming at ya. All right. Our first story in Ghostbusters headlines this week <clears throat> is, I want to sort of continue a trend. We're talking about merchandise for a moment. Last episode, I was saying, if you like to build things, there were many options for you. And that hasn't changed (laughs) because this week. um, (laughs) Revel has provided a first look at their upcoming Ghostbusters Ecto one 3D puzzle. Um, I was trying to think about this. Like, I have some Ghostbusters 3D puzzle. It doesn't look like this. Like, this looks like an actual Ecto one that almost feels like it's made of uh, parts that fit together like a Lego thing. Whereas the one I have feels like a bunch of puzzle pieces that go together in a cardboard um, but Ghostbusters news had this story. Revel provides first look at upcoming Ghostbusters Ecto one 3d puzzle. Um, looks kind of cool. It's not like, um, again, it's not, it doesn't look like a bunch of puzzle pieces. It looks like an actual car comes together. So. Yeah.
1: It looks closer to an actual car. This one, I think I know yeah. the other one you're talking about came out a while ago, but this one does look better. Yeah. Um, more detailed,
0: definitely. And they also apparently have a DeLorean coming out, um, that I didn't realize, but the the old one is, co- is from Revit, which, um, I recently received as a gift. And I felt kind of bad because my mom sent it to me in the mail. (laughs) She was like, so this was this is a funny story. Uh, Sidetrack funny story. My mom sends me a rabbit Ecto-1 puzzle for Christmas. I get it the first week of December. I don't know what this is. It's an Amazon box. I open the box inside. There's a rabbit Ecto-1 puzzle. And I'm like, I don't know who sent me this. This is weird. And there's a slip of paper that's like the Amazon gift receipt. And on it, it says, yeah. do not open until Christmas <laughs> inside the box, inside the box. <laughs> that's, call, that's the best place for one of those. Right. I called my mom and I'm like, did you intend for me to open this Ecto-1 puzzle now? And she's like, no, it's for Christmas. Why did you open the package? I'm like, where do you think they put the Amazon gift receipt? <laughs> I'm like, do you think they tape it to the outside of the box? Like, what? what are you thinking uh so i do have that puzzle but i haven't built it yet oh moms indeed i love my mom she's great (laughs) but you know i was like what are you thinking um but yeah i i have that puzzle and that one looks like a puzzle like it looks like Mm -hmm. a bunch of puzzle pieces made of cardboard whereas this looks like almost like a model kit it's kind of weird to me that they're describing it as a 3d puzzle because to me it screams model (laughs) right it's just like um But I was kind of almost sad because when I first saw it, I thought it was 112 instead of 118. Oh, you got excited. I got super excited. (laughs) I was like, yes, yes. Finally, somebody has finally answered my prayers and given me a 112 Ecto that my action figures will fit inside. That's not a freaking popcorn bucket. Uh, And popcorn bucket is really nice, though. That popcorn bucket sits on my shelf and it's my Maddie collector guys hang out with it. You know, it works for what it's doing. The rust paint on it is a little it's a little but it's much. a popcorn thing. It's a it's a
1: popcorn thing. so and you it, can't complain too much.
0: It also lacks an essential component of the Maddie Collector Ecto-1 that would have been 112 and that it does not really roll.
1: It really rolls.
0: So, <laughs> no, this one doesn't. Does this one does not. Yeah, it does not. It does not really. It really roll. lights up, though. It does light it's up. It's got some blinky to it. It's got some yes. blinky lights. And if you want to, you can open the lid and where you would have put popcorn, you can put all kinds of great action figure accessories, which is what I do with mine. So yeah. um, that's mine sits on my shelf and is displayed and is the only in scale Ecto one that fits well with those figures, because let's be honest, the Kenner one looks like a cartoon next to the Maddie collector or plasma series figures. Um so this to me if it was 112 instant buy. 118, I have so many 118 ectos that I I'm I, it's a really cool design. It's a cool model kit uh, or puzzle kit, but I just I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like I know I won't because and this is like I keep saying this but if People release a thing in 112 at this point. I will throw myself on the floor and crawl to it, like if I have to, because that's the only thing I need now. <laughs> right? Like, I don't need <laughs> any more 118 ectos in my collection. And I just, uh, part of me, like, makes really wonders, like, why it is that we see so many 118 scale ectos. Like, what do you think? Like, as a person who builds toys and manufactures stuff, like, what is there a rationale for why we see the one to 18 scale Ecto so often, but nobody builds a one to 12?
1: Cost, probably, I would imagine it's got to be it.
0: But like that to, well, to me, I'm like with an item like this, that's a puzzle, which requires like no finishing, right? It's completely blank. You're going to paint it. You're going to do whatever you're going to do with it. What is the dilemma? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They don't have you running the show behind the scenes, telling them what to do.
0: It's made me wonder, honestly, it's really made me wonder. Does like, is there some provision in the license with Cadillac? You know, like there's got to be with GM, you know, that it's like GM's like, look, you can build any. You can license us, but you can't ever license one that is 112. Like you can't for some reason, because it doesn't make sense to me that we've gone this long. And never had, I mean, think about the Blitzway car, right? It's like, it's, what? Huge. it's enormous, right? Or the Hero Collector version. It's gigantic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. It's like, I feel like, the, you know, Goldilocks of Ecto-1s. <laughs> like <laughs> This one's too big. This one's too small,
1: you know? Well, it's besides strange. Maddie Collector and recently the Plasma series, there really wasn't like accurate movie six inch scale figures for there mm-hmm. to be the car to go with. It has really hasn't been that long. So the need for it really hasn't existed until recently. So
0: I mean, I don't think to jump on that. I don't think Diamond Select ever did vehicles, right? They only did like diorama parts that went with their stuff.
1: And then, I think Hasbro is going to fill that void with a HasLab. Possibly so. with this, with the success of the pack, that Ghostbusters has got to be on the docket for another HasLab. So and Ecto makes so much sense. I don't know what the. Recent failure of, a, of some of the vehicles they tried to do lately might kind of scare them away from it, but I think the demand is there. I mean, they, they proved that the Ghostbuster fans are going to come out from everywhere to buy something if they do it really well, like yeah. the pack. So if they can nail an Ecto, that six inch scale, I think it. there's no doubt it'll it'll be made.
0: I mean, that to me is like the HasLab Proton Pack should be the indicator to Hasbro that if you build us something we have been asking for for a long ass time,
2: uh-huh. we
0: will buy it in droves. Right. Uh-huh. And that to me is like I've heard people say, hey, I want them to build me an RTV trap or I want them to build me a PKE meter. And I'm like, I don't I want give me an Ecto. Give me an Ecto to go with my figures. You sold me. You sold me figures. Now give me the stuff that would have gone with them. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll talk in a little bit about, you know, like the lack of a muncher figure, for instance, and what an enterprising individual might do about that kind of problem. Um, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, but like, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, to me, I'm like, I don't I, I have a, my Maddie collector trap, um, which, by the way, this is a sidebar yeah. from headlines for a second. How did you teach your Maddie collector trap to vape? Cause I saw your video.
1: <laughs> I I personally vaped on top of it and then began filming after. Oh, all right. <laughs> I blew a nice little cloud of
0: <laughs> of orange soda. Is what it was? You, I. If you haven't seen Tony's video of this, he posted this video on Instagram as Maddie collected trap, and there was so much vapor coming out of it, and I was just like. How did you make it like I don't I didn't know you could hook up (laughs) a vent relay to like the Maddie collector trap. How did you do that?
1: It's all. It's all movie magic.
0: Movie magic. (laughs) This is how all ghost uh, movies are made now. They just get a whole bunch of the guys who are on the crew and they're like, get your vape boxes, stand over there.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's figured it out. I
0: mean. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I don't know about that. Uh, and as far as putting it in the Maddie, the Maddie one. But yeah.
0: oh, yeah. But There's like it's all kinds the spirit of... ones and the Charlesworth's Inail yeah. trap. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's they make it mean, smell
1: like, like marshmallows and everything. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't. But that's I have my Maddie trap. Like, I don't need another Haslab trap like or a Hasbro. Like, I if, I if I if they gave it to me, I'd be like, OK, cool. I'll buy it. But like, yeah, I'd buy it. But I'm not going to not, gonna not buy need it right? for it. I'd rather have something
1: that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. Like agreed. Like an
1: Ecto. Yeah. You know.
0: Yep. Yeah. It would be kind of hilarious well, if they didn't make a 112 Ecto 1 and instead they were like, let's make a 112 Ecto <laughs> <laughs> 2. Like a hyper realistic, like super copter that busts ghosts, right? <laughs> Just give us stuff that hasn't been made. Come on. Ecto Marine 8. I still want that. That's that's that would be cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. I'm on board for that. It really Suck floats me up. <laughs> <laughs> it better. Hey, there was a Lego police boat set from when I was a kid that I remember very well, and one of its uh adver- advertised functions was that it really floats. So <laughs> you use that as the basis. You could probably build yourself a marine ecto eight. You hear that out there, custom Lego builders who build amazing Lego sets that. Won't ever be produced. And then I'm like, why? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to build something, Revel, I'm going to have 3D puzzle. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, It will be out there soon. I don't know if there's a release date for it, but apparently it was demonstrated um, in an early prototypical form. And the credit for that goes to something called NAMAC, which I don't know. And clearly I did a lot of good work of researching this week's episode, everybody. Um, it's it's a Netherlands automotive club, a miniature automotive club in the Netherlands. Some website that reviews models and things, and apparently had access to a bunch of new Revel prototypes somewhere at some convention or something. But uh, Ghostbusters News has the details. I should give proper credit to where we saw it. So, and the other thing you can build is that apparently there is a wooden model kit of Hook and Ladder Eight, the Ghostbusters firehouse that's coming out. Yeah. Um, from a company called Model Landmarks, and you can apparently buy this from Model Landmark and get fifteen percent off if you use the code FB15 for your order. Um, apparently, it's four inches high and five and two quarter inches long. It ships flat packed. This reminds me of like a model wood burning kit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those? It's pretty. Yeah, it's this is pretty cool though.
1: I like it. Yeah, it's it looks pretty like detailed. you're probably gonna have to like, probably do some of the finishing on it yourself, as far as like a stain or some sort of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it looks really awesome. though. A lot of detail to it. It's got the lamp post and the Ecto one parked inside of it. It's
0: pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, it's pretty deep. it's really detailed. Like all the little bricks, like they, they look like they've been scored into the wood. Um. So yeah, and. This is like a flat-packed model, so it's the kind of thing where you get it, it's going to show up in your mailbox, you punch out all the pieces, you snap it cool. together and glue the pieces together as you go. The whole thing's made of bamboo, so it's sustainable, everyone. Ooh, nice. <laughs> if you're like, <laughs> I can't buy Legos because I don't want to support petroleum products and fossil fuel use and carbon footprint, don't worry, flat pack distractions. As your model kit. I also I said this earlier, and I don't know if I'm going to keep this in the podcast, but I don't know where this like <laughs> Jim Cornette thing that's happening to my voice is happening. Today, I'm like, hey, everybody listen to the this flat pack distractions that's going on today. This is bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's better
1: than Harry Carey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on with Ghostbusters? Hey,
0: what's flat if the pack firehouse was
1: made of bamboo? Would you build it? I would. <laughs> 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 All
0: right, that's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> that's kinda like uh
1: Will uh, me doing imp- an impression of Will ferrell doing an impression of
0: <laughs> it, 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 it is, but was. it's fine. Because <laughs> I'm doing a bad Jim Cornette, so it's fine. But I There's I no such thing. I, I admittedly listened to a lot of that pot his podcast recently. Uh, because I found one of his omnibus episodes that was just about all the things about Vince McMahon. (laughs) It's like (laughs) seven and a half hours of everything that Jim Cornette has ever said about Vince McMahon extended together. Uh, And if you don't know who Jim Cornette is, folks listening out there, it's like, isn't this a Ghostbusters podcast? Yeah. In theory, Ghostbusters has crossed over with (laughs) the (laughs) WWE. Look, Ghostbusters just crossed over with the WWE. There were Maddie collector figures or something. Um, But yeah. yeah, Jim Cornette was a former promoter who used to work with the WWE and doesn't anymore and has lots of outspoken things to say about wrestling on a podcast. So uh anyway, getting back to building stuff. Uh Flat Pack yeah. Model. Let's build some stuff. Gin and Apathy is the brand name of the model, and it is produced by a company called Model Landmarks. Um, which I mean, you know, seems like it's pretty accurate. That's what you make. <laughs> like, um, like what I like about their kit is it says model kit almost to scale. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and it literally, model kit almost to scale made from bamboo, which is, I, I kind of want to buy one now just to be like, let's do a real rabbit hole deep dive here on what wasn't to scale. What was it that was wrong? Right? Like, <laughs> But I mean, I I would have never thought it wasn't to scale. It looks like it's the scale to me. Um, So I don't know. Whatever. It's pretty cool. I might get one. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. See, like this, I'm like, as much as I'm like, I don't need anything that's not one twelve. Like, I this is not. I have my like my firehouse dream has been met. I have my Lego firehouse, right? Um, Yeah. So variations on a firehouse is totally okay because I have that and I have my canner firehouse and all that works. But um well, Playmobil like one's
1: pretty awesome, too.
0: That's true. And I own that, but I admittedly still have it still in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have a, a Playmobil firehouse in the box still, but I do. Um, you know what I've seen people do with that is they take it apart and they turn it into a computer case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought about it. It really is. It works really well. Like they take it apart they take the front panels off and they take like pieces of it and install it inside the computer. And I'm like, I could do that. Turn your computer into a Ghostbusters firehouse. It's kind of exciting. So it's a weekend project, everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You better do it now.
0: Do you think you could buy two of these models and like glue them together side by side and then you could reenact the original one, like the original firehouse? Yeah. Right. That would be cool. And for people who don't know this, that like the original Ghostbusters, like the night, the New York firehouse was originally two firehouses like back. That was twice as wide and they narrowed it and cut half of it off and destroyed it. Um, Yeah.
1: So they could widen the street, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: didn't they just like, didn't they demolish one half and then move the other half? Yes.
0: Yeah. That's what's the weirdest part about it.
1: Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but somehow that was cheaper
0: back then to move a building than to build a wall. Strangest and weirdest (laughs) thing was like to take the left side of the building, leave its wall intact or something, or rebuild that wall on the left side and knock down the left side of the building. Shift the entire right side of the building over on the same foundation. (laughs) Because (laughs) it had the existing walls. Yeah, we could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. No, I'm but pretty sure we're right I, about this. <laughs> I'm I willing to say I think I'm right. <laughs> I'll back you up on that. I'm look. I will say if you wanted to go deep dive on this, um, the GB fans web uh, Facebook page has photos of this because Ben King, who's one of the moderators at GB fans. Um, is like into this. He's like into looking at the New York city firehouse and he's like posted Mm -hmm. blueprints before and like old architectural photos and stuff. And I'm pretty sure like that's the deal is that they knocked down. You can see it in the bricks itself. Like if you look at how the bricks are stacked in the building, they change color at a certain point. But I've actually never seen the firehouse in person, which is like, I think I've driven past it when I used to drive between New York and Jersey in my twenties. But like, I don't think I ever stopped my car got out, walked over, went, wow, which I'm I'm was I grew up in New York. So the notion that I've never done it is like, what is wrong? Are you sick in the head? But you've been to the firehouse. (laughs) Yes, a couple of times. What was your impression of the firehouse? Well,
1: I mean, almost brought me to tears the first time I saw it in person. Like, well, I will say the very first time that I saw it was 2017 it was the first time I'd ever been in New York.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, my, me and my family went on a little trip out there. We spent the weekend. I think it was uh it was Memorial day weekend or something like that in 2017. But I was unaware at the time when we showed up, I knew exactly where it was. I knew the address 14th Northmore street and everything. I knew exactly where to go. So that was like, as soon as we got to the city, that was like the number one thing I wanted to see. And then we can do whatever else. I didn't care. I just got to see the firehouse. So uh, we took a, we took an Uber and, and and we got dropped off right at the firehouse and it was while it was under construction okay. and the entire thing was covered in a big green tarp. You yeah. could not even see it <laughs> at all. Yeah. And it, it was just I mean, you could kind of see it through the tarp, but you couldn't. I have pictures of me standing in front of it and the, the best you could still see the things painted on the sidewalk, but everything else was completely covered up. You couldn't even tell that there was, I mean, (laughs) unless you actually knew what was underneath of that tarp, you couldn't tell, but actually uh, they were still doing, they were updating it because it was going to close down at one time, I think. And because it needed, it required so many updates and Mm -hmm. electrical updates and all that stuff that it was cheaper for them to do something else than keep to do all the updates to that one or whatever. So that was the, uh, what the construction was all about. But while we were there, my sister noticed that they were doing something to one of the walls And they actually had like a pile of bricks from the firehouse was kind of sitting there. So I maneuvered away over through like a little construction (laughs) fence and stuff and got myself a brick from the firehouse. I have a brick from Hook and Ladder 8 while they were doing construction. (laughs) And we walked from there to Chinatown, I believe. And while we were in Chinatown, I bought a backpack. Just specifically to hold it, because I'm literally just walking <laughs> around New York City brick. holding a brick, which is a brick in my hand. I was like, I got to do something about this. So Chinatown's not that far away, and we went there and I bought a backpack specifically to carry the backpack or, or the, the brick in. And I kind of, you know, we went around the rest of the day and gathered more and more things up. I would, and stuff, even and, then,
0: if you had a back, if, like imagine you get stopped by the cops. And they're like, sir, when you check your bag, I was literally and like, okay. and like, why do you have a brick in a bag? Are you going to go like, beat somebody? all that it? was in there was a
1: brick. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally took that brick to the top of the Empire State Building. It got through the security <laughs> and stuff to go through it. They were not paying attention, and I wasn't wow. even thinking, because it was like the very last thing we did that day, and going <laughs> to the firehouse was one of the first. So, I'm like, you go through almost like airport-type security. Like, you actually put yeah, your baggage yeah. and stuff through an x-ray machine and go through all the stuff, and a brick made it through, and it was in my backpack. So, I literally had the a brick from the firehouse on the That's top so of the funny. Empire State Building. But that was... The safest brick in the world. It was not going anywhere. I wasn't going to do anything <laughs> with it. So if you're going to take a brick to the top of a building, that was the one because I'm not getting rid of that. I yeah. still have it. It's on on display. That's crazy. With I, my stuff. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. All right, so this means you need to do two things now. You one need to buy the flat pack model. Two, you got to buy small pieces of green tarp. And then you gotta glue it all over it. <laughs> you have to reconstruct. it to be my first, first visit to the I firehouse as a model. Was right? so
1: disappointing, but I've been there a few other times since, and I've got to see it and appreciate it.
0: You make a bunch of sugar cubes and you cut them up into like little bricks and you put them around. You. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that
1: sounds like a lot of work.
0: You make a little diorama, of Tony Taylor, who's sitting there holding a brick in his hands and uh, <laughs> look, looking down at it reverently. That would be amazing. So. I don't know. The model's a little small for that, but it's still something we can pull off. But that's a good story, though. I like that. I've I've never. I have to say, I've still never been to that firehouse. It's weird to say this, but it's like I've probably driven by the L.A. firehouse more than I have the, the New York firehouse. Even though people <laughs> have a reason to drive past the New York firehouse because it just happens to be on a try on a street in Tribeca, versus you have to make an intentional. Like decision to be like, I will drive into the heart of Skid Row for <laughs> no good reason whatsoever other than to drive past the firehouse in L.A. You know, so um I don't know. Next time I get back to New York, I think I'm going to have to finally do my pilgrimage. But then I'll feel like a tourist as opposed to it. I don't live there anymore. So it's like ugh.
1: you got to do it, though. Come on. It's it's the place to be for a Ghostbusters fan, especially now that the uh, the sign is up permanently outside. Yeah. Even though not accurately, but it's up permanently.
0: Yeah. I I appreciate that it is the place to be externally. Very Ghostbusters fan. But I still want to get in that damn firehouse in Skid Row. (laughs) (laughs) It is like on my bucket list is somehow get in that building um, and then I can be okay. But it's very it's and that seems very weird to say. It's like I want to go to a bombed out hovel. (laughs) Don't you want to go to this lovely firehouse full of people who have a legacy and a connection? Yeah, sure. But I also want to go to the bombed out hovel that is really scary to be in. Because that's where they did everything inside. And I need to see that, you know, Um, but I don't know. I would be weird. I would like to see somebody like build a model of that firehouse that would be would never sell to anybody. I don't know who would buy it other than me. But like engine 23 (laughs) as a model. I would buy that. Why not? You know, why not? I'd take one. It would be the Ghostbusters filming location model. You could have like a bunch of production trucks outside. A Little Ivan Reitman Lego figure who was like yelling in a bullhorn, like it would be, yeah. I would buy that in a heartbeat, but nobody's ever gonna make that. Um, so I'll have to put it out as a plan on Bricklink or whatever website people do that. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> oh, continue our discussion of merch news. Shapeshift Records has announced that they are going to produce more of their record that they had for Ghostbusters 2 called River of Slime. This was a 16-bit chiptune-sounding reimagination of Ghostbusters 2's score and soundtrack, as Ghostbusters News put it. Um, and that was something that sold out before, so apparently there will be more of them. So if you did not get it before, or if you didn't get it on vinyl, it's out, it's going to be available on digital. That's what I should be saying here, and actually report news accurately, that would be good. Um, so if you want the digital edition of that, it will be dropping on Friday, the 17th of February. Um, according to Shapeshift Records vinyl on Instagram and Twitter, uh, the the digital version has 25 tracks in MP3 and Wave formats, a 15-page digital art book, desktop and mobile wallpapers, an exclusive pixel parody animation, an interview with the album's composer uh, Anar Kitarman, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, and printable gatefold poster, uh, which is kind of funny to me because it's like you get a free poster except you have to print it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a digital release um and it's i mean it's still so cool that they made it but it's just kind of a funny idea to me it's like you get a free poster no paper no paper provided <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> printing not included like
1: <laughs> i'm um, waiting on my vinyl though i ordered that I'm oh did you it. i'm excited oh yeah the artwork is is half the reason why i ordered it it's got some really amazing looking artwork and i'm just excited to have it
0: I may I'll be have, wrong like, about this. Like they may be both physical and digital because like I admittedly am I'm being bad this week and I'm skimming what Jason has posted on Ghostbusters News um, and it says grab your physical or digital copy of Shapeshift Records Rivet of Slime on February 17th. But uh, you can definitely get a digital one. That's for sure. So and aren't I mean, you glad you picture- listen to this podcast? you get all your info hi I'm well informed I took a week off so that way I could be better informed as a podcaster and guess what I did with it (laughs) 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 work sleep try to get better from being sick not a lot of research (laughs) (laughs) sorry everyone (laughs) Um, yeah listen to a lot of Jim Cornette there you go Um, so it's okay life happens Digital copy, Shapeshift Records, February 17th, spend your money, download music, listen to it, feel like you're inside of a Sega Genesis. It's all good. It's awesome. Um, Yeah, I think it's cool. I I actually think that I like Chip Tunes uh, releases and if the like theme song to this podcast isn't any indication... (laughs) that i'm a fan of these kinds of things if the uh headline segment being actively stolen from a nintendo game and run through a series of filters is not an indication of how much we like chiptunes yeah i'll probably get some digital (laughs) format i did not buy this in vinyl because i don't have a way to play vinyl um and that's to be fair like that's just that's the deal there's no way i will listen to vinyl even if i buy it so um for this to come out in digital is exciting to me because i will buy that and then I'll listen to it in my car really loud and people will look at me at red <laughs> lights like, what is wrong with that guy? Um, it's OK. It was going to happen anyway. Um, let's talk about one more merchandise thing that's kind of digital. Uh, Ghostbusters VR Academy concept art has been released. And if you go to uh, artist Pierre Vosberg's uh, ArtStation account, you can go to artstation.com slash Peer, P-E-E-R underscore Vosberg, V-O-S-B-E-R-G. You can see some pretty cool stuff from the Gate Ghostbusters VR Academy. It's been cooked up. So these are the designs that are apparently going to be in that game, or some of them may not have ended up in that game. We'll find out when we all get to go to play it somewhere. Um, but <clears throat> there's going to be um, a new version of Slimer, apparently, who looks really creepy. And there's like mockups of all the gear, the proton packs. Um, the craziest thing that's in this is that I knew this when they talked about it at Ghostbusters EctoFest when they announced this thing. That they they showed an image of this that like the Ecto One was going to fly now and it wasn't going to be a Cadillac anymore. It was just going to be like some crazy hover car thing. (laughs) Like and yeah, I was really skeptical. I'll be honest. Like when I first heard this idea, because it was like you will have a because that's part of the the game is like if you remember seeing how this was designed. That's like a two tiered game station thing, right? Yeah, and I an upstairs and a downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there like like in one part was
1: driving the flying Ecto and the other part was busting the ghosts?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So it was like if you had like as a refresher for folks who may not have like remember this or may not have seen this, the concept was that like it's a double, um, a two level platformed thing that you put in like an entertainment setting, like center, like a bowling center or um, which I feel that doesn't sound accurate because a bowling center to me seems like a place full of cigarettes and bad pizza. Uh, but <laughs> here in a gentleman's sport, right? Like here, bowling centers now are like <laughs> there's glow bowling, and there's an arcade and there's, you know, all kinds. There's a bar and a restaurant. And it's like a giant place. Um, so entertainment centers are supposed to put this in where it'd be like a bi-level uh, VR setup where customers can come in, put on equipment, play a game uh, and then, you know, pay by the, by the session. And it's not like the void because the void was like a entire business around that. Instead, it's supposed to be like a, a company would license this hardware or buy it and then license the software to put in it. So you could put it in like an arcade if you had a big enough arcade or amusement park, whatever. Um. So yeah. but yeah, like one of the levels was supposed to be that you were walking around and shooting ghosts. And the other was designed to be like a driving experience or in this case, a flying experience. So. It's kind of neat from my perspective, like it's cool to see proton packs designed for another game, but this is new, right? It's like, hey, there's a new vehicle in the Ghostbusters canon in the stuff. And I think they did a really good job of like like looking at this concept art of and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like kind of neat because they repurpose a lot of the roof rack elements from the Ecto one and put them on top of this thing. So even though it probably is so high tech, it would never need it. Like the radar dish <laughs> from the Ecto-1 is on the top of it. I'm like, you wouldn't. You?
1: Yeah, you could probably get some sort of ghost Bluetooth at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm fairly certain that the radar dish, and I could be wrong. Like if Troy Benjamin's out there and ever listens to this podcast, the author of the Ectomobile book, he can probably like message me and say, Dude, I love that book. open your book. But like, isn't the radar <laughs> dish supposed to be used for GPS anyway? No, well, it's forgetting cable TV.
1: <laughs> how's they supposed to watch tv in the acto in 1989
0: <laughs> but but i mean for real what is the function of the radar dish do we know aesthetics now i'm like this is i've done this recently <laughs> i've done this thing on the show recently where i just go let's go consult our manual hold on
1: is it for getting evps
0: i don't know um let's see According to the book. Well, according to the book, I don't even see the radar dish. (laughs) It's in there. Roof rack, page 68. Digital satellite uplink dish. Oh. Because it's not on the Ecto-1. It's added to the Ecto-1A, which is why I'm like, where is it? And according to page 71 of the Ectomobile manual... A resource that some of us will be like, it's amazing. And some of us will go, it's not canon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it does have 2016 stuff all through it. But its functionality is that uplinks digital data and telecom connections. So to what? um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And located just forward from the satellite uplink dish is the top secret work in progress known only as the green box. The contents and purpose of this device are still highly confidential. The unit should not be tampered with, removed, or x-rayed. Do not smoke within 100 meters of the green box. Should any temporal anomalies occur while within a five meter radius of the green box, contact GBI immediately. Sounds to me like the kind of thing you should fill with epoxy. (laughs) It's it's the super slammer. Yeah, you don't want to find out what's inside it, though. So fill it with epoxy. No, no. Don't go anywhere near it. (laughs) Heaven forbid. Um, so,
1: because other people are going to make green boxes.
0: That's right. And, uh, and if you find out what's inside the green box that's <laughs> being sold by one green box maker, other green box makers may knock it off because green boxes are unique. Um <laughs> if, if anybody's reading anything into this particular little scenario here, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> um anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed. Um let's do it. a lot to talk about last episode of this podcast i said they're about to release a dlc it's some unknown date that we don't know i published it and four hours later they released the dlc (laughs) so the dlc is (laughs) out um for those of you who are playing ghostbuster spirits unleashed the downloadable content is out that allows you to play in morose medical facility which that's a pretty fun name for something um and it's it's like m-o-r-o-s like all capital letters like that's the brand name of it or something And obviously morose. Like yeah, of course it's morose. It's full of dead people. Um, (laughs) It is a the level is an abandoned medical facility from the 1980s that has remained untouched. And there's all these little nods to it. The fact that it's like from the 80s and untouched in it. This does mean, unfortunately, that if you're a ghost player like me who likes to hide in security cameras, there are none in this level, and that sucks Um, (laughs) because I really like Ah. hiding in security cameras. Um, But the level is out. The muncher ghost is part of the downloadable content. And it's not just one ghost. It's like an entire new class of ghosts. So, um, they, there's a few, I can't remember what the names of the other ones are when you like go in the skins, but like one of them is the big Brown, like stinky ball of Brown stuff that basically throws rubbish. He's a trash ghost. Um, so when I see people playing as him on spirits unleashed, I've taken to singing Oscar, the Grouch's I love trash while busting them, which is just so much fun. (laughs) um, and I can't remember what the other one is. There's a third like there's a third ghost that, you know, they like they have the same skin, but their ultimate power is a little bit different. So um, kind of neat. I will say I know you haven't played as much yet, right?
1: No, I have not. I haven't really since the game first came out. I really haven't had a whole lot of time to play it. So I haven't since the updates and everything, I for sure haven't touched it.
0: My review, then I'm going to give about like this, this 1.4 update to Spirits Unleashed. And I hope you'll put up with me while I do it. Um, Go for it. I find that it's a cool thing that they've done of adding Muncher to the game. But one of his mechanics is that um, you've I know you've played this game before. So it's like you probably remember that the ghost has like um, a regular like scare attack. And then yeah. they have like a minions attack where they can drop little tiny versions of themselves all over the place to mm-hmm. haunt, to, to attack. And then they have um, like a standard. It's not their ultimate, but it's like um, a boosted scare attack or something. So like Slimer spews like he throws up on. He throws up slime on people and it like yeah. knocks them out. Um, the Blinky Ghost or whatever it is like has, can f- like throw um, slime from across the room and hit somebody and slow them down. And so Muncher doesn't really have an attack like that at all. Instead, what he has is an eating mechanism where you have to stop next to an object and hold down a button while he slowly chomp, chomp, chomps and eats things. And that fills a meter such that when you use your ultimate, that's your ammunition for when he goes blah, 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 and like spits out all of the stuff. So his attack is kind of cool in that he can shoot all this stuff and that you can build it up. But it does leave him as like kind of underpowered to be able to you know, unless he's unless he's using his ultimate, it kind of leaves him without a lot to defend himself. If that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I and beyond that, he's just he's kind of slow and lumbering and is unless you're racing away and in speed mode. So I, I don't know. I, I like the character. I think they did some cool stuff with it. But I also think that it kind of needs a little bit of work still to refine it. And I'll say this. I have glitched out of the map while playing as Muncher a lot. And so I think that some probably some more playtesting for this character was, you know, needed. But um, are we all ready for my monologue about Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's hard. Muncher's hard. He's he's a new ghost. We don't know much about him, so they didn't really have much to go on. No, but he's got I, six arms. So <laughs> you have to play. Test of each arms of them. Yes. Takes a lot of time each
0: arm. <laughs> You have to quality control every arm of the tardigrade. It's kind of (laughs) difficult. Um, now I will say this. I think that version 1.4 has introduced some really cool new things. You have a new level, you have new, uh, ghosts, you have, um, some new features, some new customizations you can make to your ghostbusters. They added real ghostbusters, proton packs, real Mm -hmm. ghostbusters, wands, real ghostbusters, uh, PKE meters. That's all excited. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Right. And it's like, they're not really difficult to unlock. You can kind of unlock them by playing over a couple hours by, you know, doing like bust break, help guys uh, destroy 10 rifts. So like the challenges to get those things are not unreasonable, which I'm happy about because some of the challenges in the game to unlock some of the gear are just like, dude, come on. You know, like the centrifugal thruster (laughs) challenge, I think is like run around for like five miles or something out of some ridiculous nonsense. Um, but I'm going to say this. This game needs to be play tested. like it just needs to be. I, I understand that like the entire model of software releases and the way the games are marketed and sold today is that we put a game out. We say it does X. And if it doesn't, we'll just fix it in the next patch. But one point four is really buggy. It's really glitchy. Um, and I've, I've seen people literally on GB fans who are like, I'm putting down this game until the next update because I am so pissed off and just frustrated trying to play. And a lot of that has to do with things that are not about like the content. It's about like the matchmaking system. Um, the matchmaking system is fundamentally broken in Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed. It's just this. It has been since like version 1.3 and it hasn't worked properly And that it used to spawn like five or six different Ghostbusters into a match against one ghost. My peak was seven. I had seven ghosts, seven Ghostbusters and I was the ghost and I won because, yay, I'm awesome. Whatever. Wow. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is insanity. I have seven Ghostbusters on my ass, but I'm going to win. And um, But what's happening now is that a person is joining a game, they're playing as a ghost. They're often being spawned into the end of a match, like as the match is ending. So they immediately get to lose their way into a match which is like, great. But worse than that, there's a lot of situations happening where if and I play as a ghost main a lot. So I encounter this. You spawn, you're, you're playing as a ghost and you look at the scoreboard about six minutes in the gameplay and you realize that there's a second ghost in the scoreboard. They're not in the game with you, but they're listed as a ghost <laughs> in the scoreboard. And if you wait a few minutes, that player will drop out of the match out of frustration and what's going on for that player is that they've tried to join a game and they are sitting on the loading screen listening to the game audio of the game they're not in so they've basically been added to the match but not spawned anywhere and just kind of disembodied on the loading screen and for them it looks like the game is just hung so after four or five minutes they end that interaction of waiting for the game to eventually load them thinking okay game's broken And when that happens, a bot ghost spawns in the level. Now there are two ghosts in the level, but they share all the rifts. They share all the resources. And the bot ghost is obviously way easier to catch. So if you're a ghost, you end up in matches all the time now where a second dumb ghost shows up is way easier to catch for the Ghostbusters who don't need to bother with you at all. And then you get to lose the match. (laughs) And it's like, okay, (laughs) this is a lot of fun. Add on to that that the number of like boundary break glitches that are happening is massive. Like I can't tell you how many times I have just sprung out of an item and through the floor on version 1.4. Like this was happening on 1.3 and it was fixed a little on 1.31, but the same version, the same bug is now back and with a vengeance in 1.4. And so you go, how does that happen? An iterative code, right? Like, and think about the fact that in the last version in 1.3, they accidentally forgot to include the dancing toaster, but then they put it back in 1.3.1 1 or whatever, and you go, How? Like what are you doing at an iterative code level that you're not paying attention to which version of the firehouse you're actually putting into production versus in beta? And that's what I'm getting at. There's a lot of time, and this is I'll be end my editorial here in a second, and we'll move on, because I know you're putting up with me, Tony, and I'm sorry. Um, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> The model, the business model that Ilphonic is utilizing is to try to cultivate a lot of Twitch views and engagement via Twitch. They have now done Twitch drops, ways to get uh, skins for your ghosts are going to happen by going and watching Twitch streamers. They're partnering with specific Twitch streamers. And so, you know, here's welcome to the play for ad revenue, because to be real, this game you paid for, you paid your thirty nine ninety nine or if you got it on sale, twenty nine ninety nine. And there's been no no dollar amount for you to pay since then. Right. So the content creation is happening essentially so that that way there can be engagement in Twitch and then there's advertisements and mo- and mo- money to be made in that avenue. But that means that the money and the time it's being spent is now being driven towards having two to three to four dev streams a week to drive that Twitch engagement, to help to cultivate the Twitch engagement with the other influencers and other people who are streaming and other gamers. And that work doesn't seem to be going into building out code that actually works or play testing it. Now, the sickening and gross part about this is anytime I've braised this up in like any sort of gaming forum and even in Ghostbusters forums, there's almost immediately somebody replies and goes, oh, yeah, well, that's what happened with Blank Game they had. That's how they handled Friday the 13th too." one person I know well said, yes, this is their M.O. It's how they construct their business. Mm -hmm. And to to me, that's like that sucks, right? Like that's that to me is like a sad thing because it means that you're going to repeatedly promise people a feature or a content or whatever it is. And then it's not going to work the way as intended, which then of course creates sad sack responses, including this one, Um, (laughs) like about how they feel like they didn't get what they wanted. And within our our fandom, within the Ghostbusters fandom, that's like the default mode. (laughs) It's to to be like, it was good, but it wasn't good enough. So I I would really love to see Ulfonic take some greater time to actually play test this. And especially for this reason, and then I'll get off this. One of the grand claims to fame about this game is that it's supposed to be able to unify in the fandom because it's cross platform. So, yeah, it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation, it's on PC and within being on, like, say, PlayStation, it's on PS4 and PS5. Right. It's on two different Xbox consoles. So you have to play test this thing for like six different p- like sets of devices at a minimum. Right. Mm hmm. And then you have to get code approval from each of these software clearinghouses. So when you fuck up, right, like when (laughs) you break the code and then you release it, it's after it went through a two to three week, maybe minimum approval process over at Microsoft, PlayStation, et cetera. They all had to get their ducks in a row to sign off on it. And now to push a code update, you can't. Like you can't it's not like buying a game for PC and it's like, oh, we control the delivery of everything. We control all the updates directly or we immediately can uh, dispatch our code through Steam. No, you have to now get this approved through several software clearinghouses before you can actually publish. So it just means that you have an opportunity for people to engage a thing when the new update comes out to look at it, to go, oh, this doesn't work, whatever, and then walk away from it (laughs) and then come back when there's a new ghost to check it out and then walk away from it over and over again. And I just don't get why that's a good business model. You know, I just, I don't, for me, I don't understand why that's a good, meaningful business model, unless you just want to churn through IP as fast as you can produce game after game, after game and be like, it doesn't really matter if we have longevity on it. You know, um, I'll shut up about this now, but did any of that make sense? (laughs) A little bit, a little bit.
1: you take a drink after that you deserve it
0: i did take a drink after that (laughs) it was a lot of shit this is the part i'll edit that section of the podcast and go how long were you talking for shut up (laughs) um i don't know like you what are your thoughts on 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 stuff like this you're a person who creates stuff and we've talked about this when you were on like that you don't you don't like to leave people disappointed like that's you know know. but that's a completely different universe as far as
1: digital media and stuff compared to what I do and I've kind of retired from gaming a little bit like I used to be really big into it but nowadays I really don't have the time honestly but for them to it seems like a lot of the new video game companies are relying on it's to it's become the culture for the constant updates and the DLCs and stuff. So the hurry up and push things out to be able to have something to promote, to give it some more some more time out there for everybody to see it and, and to hear about it, because every new update, you have something to, you know, commercialize and yeah. have people talk about. But to rely on that for the updates and the quality control. I don't know if that's a yeah, I mean, doesn't I make me want to go play the game. I'll tell you that.
0: I'll be honest. I know that part of this is like I'm old. Right, like, I'm I'm not going to pretend it's not like I said this the other day that I'm like, I am of a generation of people who bought a game on a cartridge and if it didn't work, it just didn't work or you like, blew <laughs> on it really hard. Yeah, but I, well, that that's about getting it to load. I mean, if yes. the code on the cartridge was shit, there was oh, no changing well. it. Right. It's like if the game didn't work right or if the code like. That was it. That was it. It's just that was mm-hmm. it. They, they put it out. It was burned and it was like you couldn't update it. You couldn't change it. And so it's a static product, you know, and I get that like this is kind of the modus operandi of all video game companies. I get to this point is that they can put out content and then update it later if it's not working. I guess my frustration here is I just feel like a lot of what doesn't work right is basic functions. You know, it's like I can Mm. have I ever downloaded a Star Wars game and found that if you do something weird in it, it causes a glitch and it crashes. Yeah, totally. But this is like almost, I don't know, let's say like 25 percent of the matches you're in. Something goes fundamentally wrong with the physics of the ghost. I, I love I love the content creation, right? I love the IP. And I think the people who are on the dev team really care about what they're making in the sense that like they give a shit about whether it looks good, feels good to play when it works right and sounds good. Like all the design elements are there. But at a business model level, like I don't know how you you keep running a game like this and have people want to stick around and play it other than hardcore gamers who are used to dealing with stuff like this and who are willing to make apologies for it. You know, and so if the goal of a game like this is to talk to people across multiple generations of the fandom and be available to them, I I don't know, like to me, I'm like I'm getting exhausted. I guess that's the way to put it. And I'm probably exhausted everybody else with this 25 minutes of (laughs) soliloquy of sadness. But sorry, sad comment. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) There it is. If You listen to YHS podcast. You're familiar with a sad comment. (laughs) That is the longest fucking sad comment. You've probably not. this week. Probably not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, probably not.
0: Am My sounding angry and frustrated. Maybe I am. Let's let's talk about this. like, let's not get back to the <laughs> negative space of four episodes ago or whatever. I'm like, this is all bad. Why do we do
1: this? It sucks.
0: Um, That being said, there are some cool things about that Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed uh, update. And one of them that I really like is the uh, PKE pylon, which looks like, the um the tr- what are those the things the little cones that uh, have the caution tape on them from ghostbusters 2 that are on the, the tripod trap yeah like it yeah. looks it looks like a little version of the tripod trap when you put it on the floor it makes it so the ghosts can't possess anything in range so it like oh, cool. uh, like destabilizes their ability to phase from an object and if they're in an object and the object moves it just shoots at them like it blasts them Right. So it like goes, <laughs> bam, and it shoots. Them. And it's like probably the coolest thing they've put in the update. And they did add the belt gizmo, um, which you now can. Yeah. The belt gizmo kind of masks your signature as a ghostbuster. And gives it a functionality? Yeah. Yeah. And if the ghost phases through you, it stuns the ghost for phasing through you, which is kind of interesting. Like it gives you like a defense shield in a way from being like you can still get slime. Oh, but when awesome. it, when you get slime, that hurts the ghost. So yeah. Um, so those things are kind of neat. And I would say that if there's a thing that they did well with this release, it's that the Ghostbuster updates they made are far more successful than the ghost updates they made. And I that, that to me, like Muncher looks great he's fun. He's, he's fun to sort of like see him in the level, but I wish the handling of the character was better. So, um, now you're like, I'm never playing this game again. Cause he told me so, or you're going to go, I have to go play this game and see <laughs> if he really has this good of a reason to be sad. Um, there you go, everybody. Here's your advice. Go figure out. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Just go play it. It's fun. It's, it's fun. a video game. It, it is. It's cool. To I'm see. complaining. I play too much of it. So um, trying to think. Anything else we need to cover in uh the world of news and updates and things that are happening? Oh, yeah, that's right. Hazlab proton packs. Holy crap. <laughs> a what now? Oh yeah. Um the Haslet Proton Pack community continues to go non like not nonsense, but like bonkers with um, innovations and creations and upgrades and changes and mods and all kinds of things. Uh, and while I'm not, I will be honest, I'm not really ready to particularly endorse any given product yet that I've personally used to modify a Hazlatt Proton Pack. I do want to shout out a couple of things that you should be looking at if you are a HasLab Proton Pack owner. And one of those things, as much as I said a few weeks ago that I'm done with Facebook groups, uh the HasLab Modders group, if you are not in there, like you might not want to interact in there all the time because some people in there are a little snarky, but uh, there's a lot of really yeah. good info coming out of there. I have to say. There's a lot of really good information coming out of there in terms of things people are figuring out and in particular um the there are several different options at this point of people who have created some form of solution or another for always on solutions for your proton pack. Um, so the one person I'm going to shout out by name who I know is working on a project that does not yet exist is Spongeface, AKA ghost lab 42 AKA Doug Keithley, who if you have not seen this ghost lab 42 on YouTube has illustrated his prototype board. He has a board in the works that will be powered by a 12-volt battery. The reason I'm talking about this is that anyone who has ever bought a Matty collector board or a GB fans board or any of those boards, we're talking about the same person. And so this is somebody who's well experienced in our community and making this stuff to make it work together well. And two of my favorite features about his board are that one, you can hook up a 12-volt battery directly to it as opposed to having to figure out how to go get a USB battery to work with it, um, and it will downstep but it will also power the other stuff hooked up to it. And two, uh, he is working on implementing event relay into that board. So and sound so, and this the uh G, like the interactive interactions between like a GB fan soundboard. So if you wanted to replace your soundboard and not use the existing Haslab stuff, he's essentially going and taking all of his experience of building out like the Maddie blaster board, the spirit blaster boards. Like Doug has tons of understanding at this point of how to like the logic of getting all of the existing kits to work together, especially because he designed so many of them. So keep your eyes open for this. Um, Again, ghost lab 42 on YouTube. You can find the video where Doug demonstrates his new board um, and he talks about what its current state is. Like one of the things he's trying to work on is so, so awesome is um, his prototype boards have white connectors on them and they're labeled for the cable colors, but he's trying to source the actual matching colors on. So you'll take your purple co- connector on your has board and connect it to the purple. It. Yeah. yeah idiot proofing it. Exactly. Right. Which, which <laughs> I love idiot proofing things in that capacity. Yes. And it's why I've loved Please. his kits so much, you know? So have you ever used his kits much? Like the,
1: no, I never have, but I know of them. I know of them for sure. Yeah. But I've never actually been hands on with
0: them They're really awesome. Like, and he's very helpful and supportive and like, when you don't know what the hell you're doing, if you message him and say, Hey, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. he will say, this goes to that. And you're like, Okay, cool. Uh, but I'm shouting out him, him out, not because I'm like anybody else working on this is a clown. Um, as much as I know that there are several other solutions out there that people are beginning to sell and implement. Some of those things seem like they are perhaps off the shelf things strung together, um, that people are then selling as if it's some sort of new creation. I'm just going to throw that out there. There might be some Haslab forums posts that you might want to look at that say things like, I'm like, here's some things to search for. Amazon always on in the in the Haslab uh Proton Pack modders group. Because there's like a guy who figured out how to buy like nine, ten dollars worth of parts and connect it together. There's another guy in there figured out how to hook up a timed relay um that can be set to any delayable, like a digital time relay and put it inside of his um that door in the side of the proton pack. So he's got like yeah. a time, a time relay thingy in there that he can like program and say what it is. And this is really why, because the whole way the proton pack works, that whole always on thing, it's voltage. So it's like, yeah, proton pack when a wand is off runs, has like if you were do a voltage read on it, it's like four point three, three volts. But one point twenty one gigawatts. Yeah. And when you turn <laughs> the wand on, it drops to like four point one or something. So all anybody's doing to keep the pack alive is going, oh, let's put like a relay on a timer that draws power. Like, and by drawing 0.2 volts or whatever it is for even a moment, it recycles the timer in the pack to two Mm -hmm. minutes and 30 seconds again. So the pack just reboots over and over and over and over again and stays alive. Right. And so that to me is like, If you want your pack to stay alive, great. That's a solution. What Doug's working on is keep your pack alive. Let it interact with your wand and let it interact with all your other Ghostbusters proton pack crap (laughs) that you already (laughs) own because you already own event relay and you already own this and you already. So it's like, to me, that's why I'm like, keep your eyes out for that. I'm not racing to go buy any other solution right now. And I'll be real. There are people out there out there right now who are doing weird things like I have a, I have parts. I'm not going to show you what's inside of it. I'm going to bury it inside of epoxy. I'm going to seal it shut so you can have no idea what it is that you're plugging into your equipment. And I will just say this personally. My standpoint is if you are asking me to buy something that you won't tell me what it is that has something to do with electricity, it's covered in epoxy and hook it up to my $500 irreplaceable collectible. No sale. <laughs> like, <laughs> no sale. I'm sorry. Like, be transparent about what you want me to plug into my $500 proton pack. Because I'm sorry, but I can't. I can't, can't whether or not the understanding of please plug secret secrets into your proton pack that we can't explain <laughs> to you.
1: Like, I was afraid to even put the Alice frame on it, and it comes with the hardware to do that. Let alone <laughs> put some mysterious wired
0: sealed container. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like, I I broke my ribbon cable within the first week. It's stupid to say this, but like. PSA for everybody, don't over twist your Haslab ribbon cable because it's not actually a ribbon cable. It's just a bunch of rubber and plastic stuff with grooves in it. And when you twist it, it breaks along those grooves mm-hmm. <laughs> like seams. So, yeah, I already know that I have a thing that like was built by the lowest bid based off of um, (laughs) the budget that existed from the people who backed it. And that's not, I'm not throwing shade at it. I'm I'm saying that in the sense that it's like they stretch has lab literally puts this in the, we have a stretch goal. What does that mean? We're going to see how far we can take the money we've got (laughs) and implement an idea, right? Like, so yeah, I don't, uh, I do think the pack is very well designed electronically. And I, I know I've said overall, it's amazing. I know I've said some things about QC and those things kind of still stand, but the design, the intent is good. Um, But no, I don't want to, I don't want to fry my pack because I don't know what I'm plugging into it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I want to be able to add things to it later as well. And if I find out that I add something to it later. And that this other thing that's somehow sealed up inside my proton pack in a way that I have no idea what it is. Like, how do I know? Maybe there's a small amount of plutonium in every one of those. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm sure there isn't anybody who's listening label
1: on it. You'll be like,
0: I know what you're talking about and I'm offended. Don't be. It's okay. Like I I, buy whatever you want, support whoever you want back. The makers you want. I do. That's why Tony's here. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, really like support whoever you want to. For me, I don't, I just don't understand that solution. Um it doesn't make any sense to me. So but there's a lot. There's a lot coming. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff. And I think that that's the coolest thing that has a proton pack at this point. It's like watching the mod community figure it out. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, go crazy already. It's been there's been so much so fast. It's been. Yeah. Nuts.
0: So I can't um, even keep up with it. All right. Well, with uh, with that out of the way, I think we can move on from uh, Ghostbusters headlines. And um, let's just talk to you a little bit, Tony Taylor. Sure. What's up? So um, <laughs> since we last spoke, you've become an international sensation um, who releases slimers that are the most realistic that have ever been made, according to the guy who sculpted <laughs> Slimer. How's, uh, yeah. How are things going in the world of toy and figure production and... Um, you know, I mean, like really, if people don't know what I'm talking about, the slime ball figure that you made, uh, was amazing and you had two sizes of it and you did your first run and it sold out and then you did another run and then it's like gone. And so like, you've been very successful at this and you clearly caught Steve Johnson's eye. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, that's, that's a big, uh, a big, uh, I don't know. Boost boost the confidence for us more more uh, to Brendan Pierce Baducci Studios for he actually did all the sculpting on that. So you got to give him credit for all gotcha. that.
0: Gotcha. Yes, and Brendan all
1: the accolades.
0: Extraplasm logo designer Brendan. <laughs>
1: Brendan <laughs> logo Pierce. designer extraordinaire.
0: That's true. He really is.
1: <laughs> uh, 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 but yeah, I've been super busy. The busiest I've ever been, probably honestly in my entire life. But it's a very good thing. I am very grateful. Uh, But which with each slime ball, I have to individually sand every butt. So I have sanded (laughs) (laughs) the most amount of butts of probably anybody. I probably am the Guinness World Record. Wait, have um, you
0: told Jason from
1: Ghostbusters News this like? (laughs) <laughs> no not 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 quite in these
0: words oh i think yeah, you should we, we, i think you should let him know you've definitely spoken think, about the. Butt. i think you need to let him know that like <laughs> this means that you are now a more qualified expert on slimer booty than he is because he hasn't <laughs> well, actually produced any right but you have to hand inspect and mold yes
1: <laughs> yes each each slimer butt is hand sanded <laughs> by yours truly <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> so I could I could pick out I could pick out one of our slime balls by touch with blindfolded and just by feel I could be able that's, to tell this which is one exactly what I'm saying this is
0: why you are now <laughs> the most preeminent expert right like you could be a blind person putting a, 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 a I was gonna say a taste test but that's not no right thank you <laughs> no thank you Would not recommend it's <laughs> <laughs> not what it's called at all no thank um, you no it's a touch test that was
1: <laughs> uh yeah but the, the the support and everybody's excitement over it has been amazing i was just happy to to do it really i mean i most of the stuff that phantasm toys makes is just stuff that i've wanted personally selfishly yeah. and i i felt that i wouldn't be alone in that and when we started discussing things and slime slimer slime ball came up in the discussions it was a no-brainer like let's do that first i want it i want it in a six inch scale i want a bigger two i wanted oh, yeah. to do this so pretty much everything that we come out with is just selfishly stuff i want for myself but slime ball has been amazing for us and 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 International is no joke because I've sent stuff to Spain and Italy, yeah, and Australia and Mexico and and all over the place. I see your stuff
0: like on Instagram now from people where I'm like, I wow, this went very far, you know. And it's kind of <laughs> fun when that
1: happens. So it never gets old. I love it.
0: I don't know if it was. It might have been. This is not to if, I, if I'm misattributing this, then I don't mean to. But I'm pretty sure it was Bobby '80s who posted yeah he just travel. recently
1: did yeah and he yeah, said like
0: once again toy toy uh toy fans fans do better than the actual toy companies <laughs> take notes and i was like
1: yeah i didn't even know bad. he ordered one honestly i had no idea <laughs> it was just set to him i he ordered one on his own and i didn't know and but there's a lot i mean with the amount that we did i was kind of overwhelmed and the shipping process is kind of crazy, but I got it all worked out with the post office and got a good system rolling. You would, but that was great to see Bobby 80s post that. that was you would awesome.
0: never know that you had any sort of chaos or overwhelmness, though. that's the thing that's like awesome about the way you handle stuff is just like as a person who's, you know, buying your stuff. And this is not to be like, Hey, let me just do even more to just be like, everyone give Tony your money now. <laughs> <laughs> like I always talk about your stuff because it, like one, like we're friends, like we've talked we're we talk about stuff all the time, but like yeah, I really genuinely appreciate everything I get from you. like that it's always like well made and really thoughtfully d- done and that there's even when you are feeling overburdened, like you don't pass that on to the people who are buying stuff from you. like you've figured out how to absorb that in a way, I guess I don't know, but that's like you know a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't, you know, I, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're like, there's actually a lot <laughs> of things that went wrong. I pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> oh, no, not really. I mean,
1: like, but I think I think I forgot to throw in. Uh, there was a couple that missed out on the stands and I'm in the process of shipping out. There was like two, two people I forgot to send the the stands to that didn't get wrapped up in the little the package with the instructions and the, the wine bottle accessory. I I'll admit I forgot, but. They're they're. I'm making good on that. They're getting their their stands replaced and everything like that's going good. But it was it didn't technically, to be honest, slime ball didn't technically sell out the first round. It's just I kind of had a number in mind knowing that, hey, I'm going to have to hand make all of these that once it gets to this point, like I might freak out. And that happened a little sooner than we thought. And then so we're like, well, we'll release it again. We'll release it again because we want to make sure that we fulfilled all those first orders since it was the first time we made it and everything want to make sure everything went off. Okay. Yeah. And, but the amount of people that after that first, that first run of them had contacted us saying, Oh, we missed out. We're just now finding out about it. We just saw it on ghostbuster news, which thank you, Jason, very much for the amazing video and oh, yeah. almost he a music job. video he did for it. <laughs> it was really awesome. And I was, I was blown away by all that, but yeah, everybody who, who reached out to us and wanted uh wanted them again. It just made it. We have to release it again. So I've been in slime ball mode for since November. Literally yeah. been making them nonstop, it, but it's it's worth it. I'm happy to do it. It's a blast. I'm having fun. It's
0: great. I, I think it's I, I think they came out great. And I've said, like, I really dig that you did it in like two sizes, that it was like if you could that way, if you regardless of what figures you're working with, there was a reason to get one, you know, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, but, um, but I do, I do think that like, that's part of what I'm getting at too, is like that decision you made early on where you're like, okay, crap, I hit the number I thought I was going to shoot for way faster than like, you made a practical and reasonable decision to go, what can I reasonably get done to satisfy people and not piss people off? And then I'll do another run, you know, like, and that's I think that's good. I think it, you're you're looking at like what your scalability is and how much you can do at once and setting up good expectations for people, you know, so it's fine. Um, I love it. I think it's a great figure. I want you to do more. Tell me what we you're will. making next now. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't actually well. have to do that, but like, <laughs> take more of my money. goddammit. damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well we've
1: we've we've teased it a little bit like it we had uh a few prototypes shown off at new york city comic-con the the last one uh the uh terror tub the ghostbusters 2 bathtub filled with yes psychomagnetic mood slime one of my we're gonna do a class things. 10 version of that for sure and that that'll be the next class 10 that we do as far as that line goes and uh, it'll have ex- accessories with it. The the rubber ducky and sponge will be separate accessories for you to place inside the tub. That's awesome. To, as, however you feel. And uh, we're going to make the slime removable so that you can have a just a bathtub accessory for whatever you want, whether it be your your Kenner Ghostbuster figures or whatever. Even (laughs) me and Brendan were talking about uh, being able to throw a a Ninja Turtle in there, perhaps a Raphael to recover from a beating. Maybe he can fit in there too, but make it a, it's going to have some play feature to it for sure. But the the bathtub's coming. The terror tub class 10 is coming. That's awesome. See, we're next on deck.
0: I'm not telling you, you have to do this, but uh, by any means, but what you, what you could do, you can make a version of the you could do. So you can make a version of that tub. It has a hollow pipe in the spigot. And it like goes out the back of it. And it has a small reservoir where you could pour some pink slime into it so that the tub could actually ooze out of the, the faucet.
1: Like. Oh geez. My eyebrows are raised. I will say this. My
0: eyebrows are raised.
1: <laughs> but
0: you don't we'll really see. have
1: to. Invent teeny
0: scaling tiny might plumbing. be an issue. No, why? What would to with the tiniest, tiniest, most miniaturized plumbing that's ever been invented <laughs> that allows for the passage of slime? Yeah, nothing could possibly get clogged or go wrong in that. No, um, <laughs> but never. no, I, I'm I am very excited about that because that's one of the first things that I bought from you was the original tiny, teeny tiny one, was the yeah. tub. Um. And I love that thing. It's like one of my like that was one of the ones you started out with the hand painting, t- t- mm-hmm. like with everything about it was so super detailed. And I still love it. So I'm gonna grab that from you for sure. Um, are you gonna do it in two sizes or are you gonna do it in one?
1: I don't know. This one kinda screams. Well, not screams, but uh, I th- I think one size will do it with this one. I think, I think you're think if right. If we do it, I think the sizing if you size it to like a six inch figure, uh, yeah. that size alone is. It's pretty big. I'm 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 looking at the prototype right now, and it's it's definitely a handful as is. I don't think uh, two sizes are necessary for this bad boy.
0: It has to fit Diamond Select Oscar.
1: <clears throat> oh god! Well,
0: it'll fit that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only Oscar figure ever. The only made. Oscar yeah, figure.
0: Fit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It'll fit.
1: It'll fit him. Well, yeah, we way, got a lot of stuff on on deck.
0: Isn't that a thing to think about? There's only one Oscar figure out there right now. for now i don't imagine this is directly on your list of like hot commodities but um i would buy an oscar figure why not
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know diamonds like did it pretty good we like to kind of early at least the way we go about things is is filling the gaps yeah where there isn't anything at least in the way we would do it but I've always there's said there's already an Oscar figure out there. It's pretty good. I'll give Diamond Select that.
0: It's pretty good. It's missing the
1: Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, but I get why it's not there. But
0: Ghost Nanny like that's No, that would be awesome. That would be amazing. Um, that's a figure I would have definitely liked to have seen. <laughs> and like that Ghostbusters 2 line from Mattel, that would have been good. Um, yeah. So I actually feel bad. I don't know if I told you this, but recently I saw... were prototypes of the Maddie. I think we talked about this a while back. The Maddie collector prototypes were up on the internet that somebody had Mm an Eleanor Twitty and they had it for sale and I was trying to get it from them. And I wanted to pay them a dollar amount for it. And they did not want to take that dollar amount for it. And then they put it up at auction about three months later for that very dollar amount. And they got one bid for that very dollar amount. And it was not from me. And I realized it happened and I was like, ah <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, man, it was like total like rage. I was like, we could have had an Eleanor Twitty figure and I could have had it. Oh,
1: yeah. The the, so. the prototype of the un- unreleased. Yeah. Library lady figure that they had. Yep. Was that yep. the auction that also had the prototype for the released accessory ghost? Yes. With
0: it? But the seller broke that auction up into several pieces and Mm. did not keep the lot together. So, um, but what I, I wanted the, originally I was trying to negotiate on the whole thing. Some of you out there who are like deep eBay people are like, I know what you're talking about. And somebody, somebody who listens to this podcast who lives in Australia, who was selling that stuff might suddenly realize who was messaging them several months ago. (laughs) So this is a small world of Ghostbusters collectors. So yes,
1: there um, is, but you want to know how, how small of a world it is. It's um, a very small world
0: without necessarily, you know, that's, that's true. That's, that's amazing. Cause you have, you ended up with that. I'm what you, all right. So be clear. Tony is right now showing me the prototype for the released figure because he apparently is the person who bought. No, I was
1: not. That. I okay, was not. You're
0: not. Got it. I am
1: not that person, but I, I have, I, I'm in contact with that person. So,
0: <laughs> what you're telling me is such a small world. <laughs> is that the person who I was talking to about buying that Eleanor twenty figure is who I think it is? Then it is an incredibly <laughs> small world.
1: It is a very small world. I was gifted that. I was gifted the. Maddie collector prototype of the library ghost in her ghost form, the actual one that was released as the accessory. And I just recently came in possession of that within <laughs> the past few days. It was a surprise to me. I'm still coming to grips with the fact that I have that in my possession, but I do have a piece of that very same. <laughs> so this is like this is now for, for some
0: people who are putting up doing the math and putting the things <laughs> together <laughs> Who do we both know who lives in Australia?
1: <laughs> no, it was not. Nope, no, not not that person. No, I, it was not that person in Australia. <laughs> no, it was it was gifted to me by a one uh, Mitch Rolston of Hastle Toy and gotcha. Hassle Toy and Collectibles. He actually I don't know if I'm spilling the beans or whatever and, and throwing out dirty laundry or whatever, but he was a huge fan, obviously, because he was the one who partnered up with me originally to do the library ghost figure. Yes. And yeah. he was eyeing those very same auctions for a very long time. <laughs> and of <course> he was <laughs> a big surprise to me. The next thing I know, he is in possession of certain prototypes and gifted me the possessed or wow. I don't know, the, the ghost version of the Maddie Mat- collector library ghost. And it is, a prized possession. Of mine.
0: Did you have to glue it back <laughs> together because it was? Pins? Yes,
1: I did. It was missing an arm. Yes, <laughs> <That's the same laughs> not missing an arm, but it was this broken. Is, this, is the same fucking thing. <laughs> this is why her, her left arm was broken at the pin. This yeah. is
0: so right now. This is so meta. Everybody who's listening to the podcast. If some of you are <laughs> laughing because you're like, "This is a classic like Ghostbusters collector story," but some of you are like. I'm turning this off because these people suck. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I'm, like, <laughs> like I'm laughing because like that listing said in it, like it originally was for the whole lot and then it was just for the one, but then there was a version of the listing that was like, I I'm think throwing there was multiple for free of this. because this may arrive damaged. So you may have to glue something back together, which was like the third or fourth iteration of the listing. So, Maybe there's like a story, like we could track the history of this. Like originally the arm wasn't broken, but somewhere between listing two and listing three, the arm became broken. I would love that.
1: <laughs> I would love to learn the lineage of the prototypes. I love prototypes. They're amazing. It's just cool to see the the behind the scenes and the and the thought process and everything that led up to something. And I'd honestly, out of that entire line, that's probably my favorite part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Second would be the containment unit. Right. Honestly, the, the containment oh, yeah. unit that came with the Walter Peck Walter accessory. Peck.
0: Oh, no, what <laughs> Walter you Walter Peck was mean, the accessory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what you mean to say is the, the containment unit figure that came with the Walter Peck. <laughs> exactly.
1: But that library, that library ghost I, amazing. The one that they were actually released. And even yeah. the one that they didn't release was pretty good too, which inspired yeah. something that we did. And, and she's a phantasm toy now, but yes, yeah.
0: which I think is cool. Like when you actually like, I, I, but that would have been the thing to do. Would have been to take your figure that you ma- you ended up making of Eleanor Twitty, right, in the library ghost mm-hmm. and lady form, and put it next to the other one. The sort of like set them up next to each other as like a display piece to be like, "Here's what we were robbed of. Here's what we were given. <laughs> <laughs> like and then the, this is the joy of fandom, right? Like that literal
1: and, display is right over my shoulder right now.
0: That's yeah, I have them set up. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well." That's kind of amazing. Now I know where some of those things ended up. <laughs> it's right. here next to me. <laughs> ah, my mind is blown by this. It's so funny. <laughs> I, we had I, talked I, about it in the past and I wasn't sure,
1: like, you know, but there, how many
0: no, we options it was a few, for
1: a uh, Maddie collector library lady prototypes could there be? So it has look, to be the same one. It's
0: so kind of funny, people. but like when uh, Austin and I spoke a while back. Um, you know, he knows that I'm on the hunt for a My Little Pony USB stick because oh, yeah, I, yeah. I need I, you know, I want a podcast uh, Rainbow Dash USB stick to put my po- I want to put my podcast on it. I literally mean like people are like, what are you going to do with it? I'm, like, I'm going to put my, <laughs> podcast, put my podcast on podcast it. On I'm going so to store every episode <laughs> of my podcast on it until it's full because I can and it's hilarious. Um, and I had no idea that one had gone up for sale. I had missed the listing and I went and looked and was like, what, what, what? I can't believe. And of course, like I messaged Austin and then Austin, I'm talking the podcast about it. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I actually know exactly who bought that. That was so-and-so. And I was like, uh, uh, I, I, everything I missed on eBay, I know everyone who bought. It's hilarious. You know exactly so, where it's at. Yeah. So I can feel vicariously like I got it. Um, <laughs> but I am glad to know those are in a safe place. Um, that makes very safe happy. place. Very, yeah, very, that safe makes place. me feel well loved, well taken care of. Yeah, it's that's a, they needed to be somewhere safe. So um, and I'm my understanding is some of the four horsemen sculpts, like the wax sculpts are out there. I know I've seen those in the past, too. So um, I don't there know. was a
1: time where you could go on eBay and type in. Maddie collector prototype and pick them up for like 40, 50 bucks. There was like every single guy in the line and they're all the crazy colors, purples and pinks. And Mm -hmm. they even had some of the, the slime blower guys with the smaller slime blowers and stuff like that. You could, and I remember just going, eh, okay. Yeah. Now, oh man, (laughs) I want them so bad. Now it's like, (laughs) Hey, this is like a
0: piece of how this was made, you know? And it's, I mean, in the case of the unreleased figure, it's huge. It's like, okay, this is actually like, you know, I figure just like unreleased three this. of them. Is it, I think like, there's, there's three, three of copies her? of it. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. And my and one of them is. has a hole in the head. Like there's like a um, it, there was an air bubble in the head during casting. And so they filled it with some sort of like epoxy or something. And so when you look at it, the coloring on the face, like it's a blue or gray prototype, like the ones that you have. Mm-hmm. Like, have but then there's mm-hmm. like an orange or something, a plug like injected into the gap. Um, So it's not a particularly great prototype I've seen that one that's one of the ones that came up on ebay like probably like two years ago I want to say and it's like documented on GB fans like somebody has it photos of it so somebody's listening right now going why are you talking shit on my prototype um, <laughs> <laughs> have you, cool. my prototype with an air bubble is better than your non prototype how do you like that <laughs> 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 go sad comment about that why don't you <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I, the, the Maddie collector line is like something that I was so happy to see you start doing things in scale with, because like, I love that line, but it's so, it, it, it just, it didn't get the development needed. And then like, same thing with plasma series. I look at it and I'm like, they created 12 figures at best. Is that, Six in wave one, six in wave two, and two build a figures, so fourteen figures that encompass the entire line. And I'm like, add ons are good at this point. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you made that class. That class ten figures because they fit so well with those other figures that like are you know. So I don't know. I want. What are you gonna do? What What do you think you'll do? Or what do you think? Maybe not that you're going to do. What's a dream? Because I don't want to be like, you must tell me now. Like, what's a dream figure you would like to do that would work well with the Maddie and the Plasma Series figures?
1: Well, I think we're at the point where we need a muncher in the same scale, honestly. Yeah. Another personal, selfish want. Yeah. But uh, that's also something we're working on, I guess I'll go ahead and say. Some sort of muncher. Something in that vein. Uh, we're trying to figure out a few a few things, but I, it how there isn't a muncher figure. Yet? Yeah.
0: I don't is know how ridiculous. Like, it's kind of weird that, like, we have no muncher figure for any of those plasma series. It doesn't make Blasters much sense.
1: No. Yeah. Well, no, there is. There is a uh, no I, plasma I, series. I don't mean but, the plas- yeah. Yeah. plasma
0: series. They yeah. don't. For, we did for the fright features because it's the, the one fright it comes features line, with Phoebe. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. But like but that's as close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like we didn't get it didn't make much sense. It gets weird to think about it. Like podcast came with mini puffs, the little teeniest, tiniest mini puffs we <laughs> <they> could possibly <laughs> produce. Right. One of which yeah. I think is like potentially either flipping us off or giving us the thumbs up because it's so small. It's you so can't small. Tell. You can't really tell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. It's like Hasbro was like, hey, we're not going to do a muncher figure, but we are going to figure out how to do the smallest freaking mini puff <laughs> figures we could possibly create to go as an accessory with this figure. Um Yeah, I don't like and it makes you wonder like what There, somebody had to have done it right Like, there had to be somebody at Hasbro who did like the sculpt work for it. like some like come on like nobody made that figure at all like or there just wasn't hardly to any it, you know
1: like merchandise in general. I mean there was the few few things here and there and the the ghost gushers or whatever those were called. There was a muncher in that and uh Funko pop and uh, that the kitty fret features line had that, the muncher that had the ball of rusty yeah, yeah. metal that you could squeeze and the, and the stop sign in the fire hydrant in his stomach that you could push the, the buttons on the back and push through his yeah. semi-translucent stomach. That was pretty cool. But as far as like realistic, they're really like like movie accurate. There hasn't been anything. Um,
0: Honestly, you're making me remember something now. And I'm wondering if this is Uh the reason why Um, (laughs) I mean, like this is I forgot about this. I was really mad about this when it happened. Um, I was like, this was like. um, Yeah, here it is. I just found it. There was an article that began trending in like February of 2021 about Muncher. Right. And. There was an A V club article that ran like February 9th. And I just looked this up because I'm like, why wasn't there a lot of Muncher advertising? And and about at the same time, it was where the advertising shifted towards the Mini Puffs, right? Like we remember we yeah. got the reveal of the Mini Puffs, it was like, hey. Just so you know, our wads about to be blown. <laughs> so because all these toys and cereal boxes are about to be released. So, he, by the way, here is 45 seconds of Paul Rudd being chased by mini Puffs, Right. And it was like, yeah, they yeah. showed us a scene from the movie for no reason whatsoever other than this is going to get blown on us anyway. So here it is. Right. And all the marketing had shifted that like the like cereal boxes. Right. Like um, mm-hmm. you had like even the mini Puffed like little jars of stuff. And Muncher seemed to be getting the downplay. Then, of course, Muncher's trap toy gets canceled, too. Right. So it's like. Yeah. So that's the other toy he would have that he would have been on pr- pretty prominently. For reasons was, unrelated to Muncher himself. Yeah. I've really not. Well, have to do with his <laughs> with the way Muncher was made for that toy, but not with his character. But this is I forgot about this. And like this is like I'm going to read this to you because this is from the A.V. Club. But it summarizes a much deeper um, article that was from. Um, An article in Jacobin Magazine, which is like, um, how do I describe it? It's like a critical sort of pop cultural social Marxist criticism on stuff, right? On pop culture. And the AV Club's article of February 2021 was, this is almost two years ago, February 9th. Read this. Does Ghostbusters Afterlife's muncher reflect a profound crisis of American meaning? (laughs) <laughs> and the A V Club article. The AV Club article was written by Randall Colburn, who said, Munchermania has been sweeping social media since Spain's master chef junior introduced the world to the blobby blue specter. I this? remember that. When I that I remember leaked, that. Right? Yeah. A heavy lidded amalgamation. Looked awesome. Yeah, it was cool, right? Like but we never like we didn't get a master chef episode with Ghostbusters. No, that was like the only thing they did. <laughs> was, like, but then Munster was in a freaking cake, right, or something. They made a cake out of him, and like it was just like insane. something on the set. Yeah, it was just like a, a set piece.
1: But it was like it was a, a whole Ghostbusters themed
0: Master Chef where they had to like make Ghostbusters stuff, wasn't it? Like, yeah, I remember so, that. Um, Munch, so he writes, Muncher Mania has been sweeping social media since Spain's MasterChef Jr. introduced the world to the blobby blue specter, a heavy-lidded amalgamation of Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. We've yet to see the rotund little fucker in action. We're guessing the next trailer <laughs> will fix that. But that hasn't stopped the world's sharpest minds from interrogating the myth of Muncher and what exactly distinguishes him from Slimer, other than color, of course. Here with the theory, our Jacobin editor Daniel Bessner and Chapo Trap House hosts Matt Crisman and Amber Ali Frost who posit with tongues firmly planted in cheek that if Slimer embodied the hedonistic greed of the Reagan era, then Muncher is the perfect embodiment of our era of permanent decline in which every downwardly mobile middle-class American has become lobotomized by the internet and unsustainable consumption. <laughs> they continue, where Slimer was joy, Muncher is depression. Where Slimer was sex, muncher is abstinence where slimer gave his captors a run for their money muncher is snail-like where slimer was booze and cocaine muncher is ketamine and opioids and most importantly (laughs) where slimer devoured with hedonistic abandon muncher merely munches (laughs) i don't think this is necessarily the reason why like muncher got downplayed but like that reveal of Muncher became an AV club article. That was like a joke, critical article from a critical theory magazine, right? About, and it's like the, <laughs> the article is called Slimer on Coke, Muncher on Zoloft. Like that's the original article from Jacobin. <laughs> right? And, and I'm like, but the same token, like they're not necessarily kind of wrong, right? Like Muncher is this big blobby, like sad sack. Ah! <laughs> like, <he's> just, <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Eeyore. <laughs> like, that's what he reminds me of. He's like an Eeyore was a ghost. And I love him. I want like a figure of him. But it is kind of weird right? Like, he didn't get marketed. So it's, it's hilarious to me that like this entire article that they wrote in Jacobin was all about how he was like an icon of consumer culture and how he represented everything that had gone wrong since the 80s and made America into this huge massive consumer culture. And then he literally was no longer the icon of the film. <laughs> like <laughs> moving beyond this article being written, he began to be downplayed and I'm like, did anybody read this seriously? Did like not did <laughs> they read this no. and be like <laughs> Was I, I highly,
1: highly doubt that that much thought went into the creation of Muncher. Like, okay, the ghost for Ghostbusters, how can we tie up all kinds of political theories? And all kinds <laughs> of. <laughs> we have to. No, I'm pretty sure that's not anywhere on Look, the whiteboard. All of course When they're making their ghost decisions.
0: Your Muncher figure has to be released with a bottle of antidepressants now, according to that article. <laughs> like, <that's> <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the no, that's just crazy. He no, I just want to muncher for myself. <laughs> <laughs> he comes with a Selenium girder and a bottle of Zoloft. That's, like that's those are those his are accessories. Are his, um, his accessories. <laughs> I don't but yeah, um but it is kind of true, right? Like he didn't really get a lot of uh play, I guess you could say. He was he is far more He's, like the it's, ghost. It's kinda, bust, it's kinda ironic
1: because it's kinda ironic because kinda like an uh the first Ghostbusters didn't really have much marketing, you know what I mean. And there wasn't really much real Slimer marketing for the first Ghostbusters film. So, like, Hunter yeah. kind of did that role for Afterlife. There's a big, big Ghostbusters film, and they didn't really market him all that much. But I, I, I guess I get it. Uh, the the mini puffs are super.
0: Marketable. Oh yeah,
1: they're and, like. I mean, it's so easy to do. And what do an you do with the Baby Yoda? six armed? Oh, exactly exactly I mean,
0: it made total sense it was like that's why you would market them around you would market around that because it also like gave you your call back to the original film for anybody who was like what is this right you wanted mm-hmm. to know like well why are there the, the state of marshmallow man was really big before why is he really small and there's lots of them now so it was like even if you were not a huge ghostbusters fan it was a reason to opened up like a a question mm-hmm. that you had to have answered or a mystery you wanted to solve right but yeah um but i do think it's funny because it's like Muncher is He's like the ghost that they bust first. Like there's with the the movie doesn't go anywhere from them standing in a field with a proton pack if Muncher is not in that warehouse. Like that's what they just keep. They just keep shooting trash.
1: (laughs) And spoiler alert, they wouldn't be able to get their equipment back from the jail inside of a jail if it wasn't for Muncher eating metal. Like, come on, He's, he's a very pivotal plot point.
0: Yeah, no, he is. He is <laughs> he, he's muncher, the MacGuffin. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> i kidding. But, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he is. right. He's essential to the plot. And I like that he's he is, though, but he's not like I like the fact that where the way they did that was they never made him like, oh, he's their friend. Right. It's like, yeah. no, he just conveniently is eating the metal that is currently imprisoning them. He, muncher don't give no fucks.
1: <laughs> like that could have went way wrong like he could have started eating the bars and then instead of flying through the ceiling could have stopped and then <laughs> like, machine, gunned <laughs> machine them gun, both gun them both right? like, <laughs> down
0: <laughs> it was a big gamble right yes <laughs> just like,
1: podcast but, likes to takes risks
0: yeah you know but it's like that's it could have been written very differently where it was like now he's their friend and it's like no this was be, be dumb it's good that he just eats the metal and then runs away but that yeah. also means he's still out there Correct. Like he is an unresolved element of the story, right? That like mm-hmm. we, Slimer ends up in a containment unit, arguably, unless you could argue he gets out again when the when it breaches. Well, he does get so out because I guess he's, yeah. well, he is out because he he's driving a bus in the second one. Yeah, so he's he's mm-hmm. definitely out. But he's got his um, license.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 what do you what does that process look like? Ghost ghost to the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, that would be hilarious. So Muncher then, potentially on the way. Um correct. Do you think you'll do him in two sizes? We're talking about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz we were trying to decide uh how to attack him and go about him and uh again selfishly. I want a companion to my 6-inch figures, but we'll we'll see how it goes. No promises. Uh, we're still like, we're, we're still learning. We're still a young little company and figuring things out as we go. But yeah, we're, we're definitely, definitely working on Muncher for
0: sure. I'm excited because, um, I need that in my life. I need there to be a Muncher figure. (laughs) And my, my, uh, family that busted together pack, like that's where it should have, like if you're going to put in it as a minifigure somewhere. That's what oh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that was the, the second
1: waves Tully's terrible night. Yeah. I guess technically that was the second, but I, I was kind of, I almost was expecting, like you just said, like there would be like a muncher with somebody else and a two pack and that was going to be it. But yeah, I, like we, like I said, we were trying to fill the gaps. So yeah. as many gaps it as we we'll try and fill. That's
0: what I would say. <laughs> it leaves ground for you. Um, and then you know we you and I have talked about this before. Like, there's a lot of different ghosts. I think that you have the opportunity to kind of like take from, like, the video game. You know, um, have you thought about that any anymore about that? Like, a potential ghost in the video game that you think would be good to do as a figure?
1: As far as the the video game or Spirits Unleashed, but um, uh... well,
0: I you could answer. I, I was thinking Spirits Unleashed more contemporarily, but you could really. Like I would actually. Now that you say it, I'm like, please make me a happy Sargassy ghost. I, I, <laughs> oh my god, I wasn't even thinking about that. But yes, I we actually. That.
1: This this was a while ago. We were discussing things. Uh, the the little marshmallow minions would be cool to see.
0: Oh, the from, the video, from
1: the video, little yeah, the original video. Game some little yappers. Yeah, those, those were those were cool little burnt little puffs, and those yeah, were really awesome. And it, there's, and they there's had so two much. forms,
0: right? Because they would like. Yeah. They could march like little marshmallows that just bounce and then they would turn into mm-hmm. those was those, uh, like little marshmallow dog things. So,
1: yeah, and they, I think they were like something different, too, when you're dangling off the edge of the building, too, mm-hmm. and he's throwing them up at you. and yeah, 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 there's a lot. There's so much to do that hasn't been done that our list of ideas and future projects is way longer than anything we'll be able yeah, to yeah. actually produce. But, yeah, we have talked about it for sure. Big time.
0: I think it's good, like, cause I, cause I like that's something that when Mattel did the rookie figure, yeah, right, it's like that was the one figure we got from the video game canon. I think there was Diamond Selects uh, Mini Mates
1: did okay. like a four pack of uh, ghosts from the game, and there gotcha. was like the chef and the collector and. I forget what else they did it was a little four pack of mini mates over from the video game too. I, I never got that, but I want it now just because <laughs> the video game means a lot more now that it's, it's crazy. It's already nostalgic, even though they remastered it and it was just out that long ago and still kind of fresh in everybody's kind of wild. Heads, but like it
0: but, I mean that was for all intents and purposes until they made this movie at Ghostbusters three. Right. So it was for everybody. Yeah. 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 So right. I mean,
1: for the time being, it was your, your third movie. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, bad for a even, third the, movie, honestly. even the, they mean they got the that, cast,
0: even the scripts that have been found from that. Right. They're labeled Ghostbusters three. Yeah, like, so that's like, awesome. People working on that video game were like, we're making Ghostbusters three. That's what we're doing. Like, that's it. <laughs> 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 it's in our heads. That's what it is. I don't know what you think it is, but um,
1: oh, I was when that video game was announced. I, I remember seeing the leaked uh, footage or whatever from the game that somebody else was working on while they were simultaneously actually working on the Ghostbusters video game where it was like oh yeah uh, a ghostbuster running around the city and there's swirling clouds and you know, like the, the equipment was kind of crazy and they had like the test footage of somebody running around the city and that that got me excited and then a few months later they announced that they actually were making a video game mm-hmm. and it was going to be this this and this and i re- I remember I think I got a game informer. Uh, subscription for a magazine yeah. just because I knew that there was eventually going to be a <laughs> Ghostbuster issue. At the, I didn't even know it was going to be on the cover like it ended up being, but there was actually an issue of Game Informer that it's was like, big on the video game. I'm going to get a
0: $75 a month subscription to production weekly just because I know that Ghostbusters exactly. is Exactly. <laughs> I did that.
1: I did that in 2008 or whatever it was when they were announcing the game and stuff. I did that for Game Informer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's funny because I, re- I remember when the game was coming out and at the time, like I was not, like I didn't have a console. I hadn't bought a console since I didn't know when. And I had a computer that could basically barely game. And it's just like, I couldn't really <laughs> do anything with it. And I tried playing the Ghostbusters game and I played it and I was like, okay, I made it through, but it was like on the lowest resolution with constant stuttering. And I, the freaking like, uh, gargoyles were already hard enough, but I, my computer would just stutter. Stutter like through the entire gargoyle scene and then i got like new computer like i don't know four or five years later it was way overpowered for anything i would have ever needed to do for ghostbusters like ghostbusters the video game it was like the first thing i did with it it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can finally play this game and have it not I don't suck, blame you and i'm gonna play through the whole thing and now what i've learned and this is a fun pro tip for anybody who doesn't know this do you know the fastest way to beat the gargoyles in that game
1: which gargoyles? Are you talking about the little uh the, the cupids at the cemetery Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. the gate, the, the was... only real hard part of yes. the game.
0: <laughs> the, which is now known as the easiest part of the game, because I'm gonna tell you how. Uh-oh. I learned I must this... tell my
1: daughter because she loves it. She still oh, plays it.
0: You dude, this is so ridiculous. You'll be so mad once you do this <laughs> once. You will be so mad about the number of hours you wasted trying to fight these stupid cherubs.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Some woman on like Ghostbusters franchises worldwide. Posted this about a year ago, and I didn't believe it until I tried it. And 100% works. (laughs) Don't do anything but stand right next to the gate and hop back and forth, like strafe left, right, left, right, back and forth in front of the gate. Those stupid cherubs will throw themselves at the gate and destroy Uh. it in under 15 seconds. It's like, they just come down from the sky. They all miss you, because it. you. They can't hit you. as You You know, the double jump you can do to like double, like sidestep. So you just sidestep back and forth, left and right, left and right. And they all throw themselves at the gate and the gate falls down. And it's like, you the, just move on. There's like literally do not fight them is the answer to how to win. Where, where was this information in 2009? <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: When I'm throwing controllers across the room <laughs> <And> Somebody <laughs> of some sherubs.
0: I don't have time uh, for you, Gargoyle.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: You got a mean streak, Rook. <laughs> ow, that's ow
1: there. <laughs> Bill Murray, every five seconds.
0: This is my favorite ridiculous no. thing to do, I admit, in, St- in Spirits Unleashed, is I've, I think I might have said this last week, I can't remember, but um, I have now run around in that game and just shout out lines from the other one on Teamspeak, <laughs> <laughs> so there's like two, two ghostbusters in the room shooting at the ghost and i just yell out use boson darts to soften them up <laughs> they <laughs> felt okay, that one in pittsburgh yeah occasionally, <laughs> occasionally somebody else who's like has team speak on and has played that game is just like starts doing lines with me and we just start <laughs> shouting out stuff from the game right like so I, I want that mod by the way, phonic, You're gonna do something, go get that old dialogue and put it in this game. <laughs> just let me have the, <laughs> the ability to have a soundboard where I can yell out, You got a mean streak, Rook <laughs> like, <laughs> But um Yeah, I think I, I really I enjoy that game a ton. I would love to see figures from that game. And now you've said it, because I was thinking Spirits Unleashed when I asked you. But now Yeah, they I'm do like, have it.
1: some very toyatic ghosts and
0: everything in that
1: game yeah. for sure.
0: Because yeah. I'm like, but now I want a Pappy Sargassi. And <laughs> he has to come with a frying
1: pan. A spider who is the, witch. Who's the other chef yeah. ghost? What's I don't name? know if the, there was like multiple different like chefs and cooks and stuff in that game. I don't. Because I there's like the, the, the gourmet oh, oh, like yeah. chef guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In yeah second something kitchen. French, level. Something some sort of French name. Yeah. I know what you're talking, yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. In the yeah. kitchen.
0: Yeah. And we're like, Ray is talking about the mass poisoning of 19. <laughs> 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 They're referring to go into the mass the... poisoner.
1: <laughs> go into the flooded basement and move the electrical cords and get the power turned back on right before you go in there. I yeah. That. yeah.
0: There's so many things like that. The spider, witch is another good ghost you just talked about. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. kind of difficult. Cl- I mean, a lot. A lot so. of
1: the ghosts in that game are really cool. The opera singer and the construction yeah. worker guys and uh, uh, the giant slore. Yeah, that was really cool. To really see. cool. Yeah, very cool. And even Shandor at the end is pretty cool looking.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, yeah. game design was really good in that game. And that's not to like slag on Spirits Unleashed, which also has very good game design, like in terms of like aesthetics. I think that the artwork of that game is very cool. Um, <clears throat> but that's but when I when I originally asked you, that's what I was thinking about was, is there a ghost from that game that you think translates well to action figures? All of them, really?
1: They're all very toyetic thanks to Joel Schumacher's Batman I can say that word but yeah those are <laughs> there are some really cool looking really cool looking ghosts that's one thing I do really really like about the game yeah it's almost a mix of the movies and the the cartoons mixed into one they look great
0: yeah it seems like it's, it's got both worlds a good like animated aesthetic kind of I mean mm-hmm. even everything it's designed its whole art approach is very animated and the character designs you know I and mean, they're using real you know the real voice actors but they are clearly went an animated route and creating everybody. And I don't know. I yeah. think I'm just saying this. I think it would be cool to have a ghost from that game, but I, I'm not necessarily slimer. Cause we don't need him. We have best slimer we ever <laughs> need. We don't need another one. <laughs> but, um, but I was thinking about that, like that, that ghost. like there's some ghosts in that game that would be hard to do as a toy. I thought like there's a, the one that has all the tendrils that come off of it. Um, that yeah. would be yeah. really difficult, you know, but yeah. I don't know. Like the basher ghost you could do though. And he could come with a broken trap because all that anybody ever does in the play <laughs> is that ghost is break your trap and then go away. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what else are you excited about in Ghostbusters life? Uh, what else is going on that you're, they, you know, it's like we're two months into this year. We know a movie is in production. I'm trying to get details from production weekly. What else is kind of has you excited right now about being a Ghostbusters fan?
1: I'm very excited to see what they actually have in store for the animated stuff. Yeah. And the comic books, really, honestly, like if, if we forgot, if about they're going to fill earlier. the gaps between two and afterlife with the comic books. Those are going to be a must read. I'm excited to see what they do to fill the story. And then they're supposed to be canon. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do with all that. But which actually with the HasLab pack, they kind of. I don't know how canon the
0: Egon's journal is or anything, but there's a little
1: <laughs> bit of you know, kind of trying to fill in the, we have, the gap a little bit, but we it's, have a name for
0: that we have a name for that publication on this podcast. The, the brochure. <laughs> did, you, did you listen to me say that or no? Because I didn't see that. I call it the pamphlet. It's, ah, the, it's Egon's pamphlet. That's what it is, yeah. It's Egon's pamphlet. <laughs> but yeah, no, like the, the ideas in it are fun. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see
1: what they do with the animated stuff. To See just, just what it looks like. Because there's so many different cool animation styles nowadays that I'm excited to see what they do with all that. But yeah, I'm excited for more toys, really. Because, I mean, we got plenty with Afterlife. But with all these different medias coming out, because they're mm-hmm. going to be aligned for the animated stuff and the movie stuff. And I'm just excited for everything. So After the long drought of 30s plus years of getting uh, game informer
0: subscriptions because it's the <laughs> only thing ghostbusters coming out. Yeah. I'll take anything. I'm so excited. I want to see what you think of this. Cause I think this is going to happen we'll see. Um, okay. We know there's going to be more ghostbusters toys because we know there's going to be more ghostbusters movie and we know there's going to be cartoons. So it would be crazy mm-hmm. for like, there not be more ghostbusters toys and for Hasbro to not keep on trucking. But mm-hmm. what do you think the likelihood is that we actually end up seeing the RC trap. Like that we, that gets re-released, re-boxed up or something. And we get to see, and it comes out for like the next movie.
1: Cause I think it's going to. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think there's a pretty good chance of that it's probably just one component of the entire thing. They probably would have to modify it's literally muncher.
0: It's the, it's the box <laughs> and muncher, right? Like, yeah. It's because yeah, the, the
1: packaging would be no problem. Yeah. Like packaging you to replace,
0: it. And beyond that, you have to take out the plastic muncher figure, but it is a snap on part that goes inside the ghost trap. Right. So it's mm. like, you could literally take that, throw it away, make a new ghost that looked differently, but also fit in there, you know? And I mean, I,
1: I I'm surprised they haven't, they could just re-release that in general with no ghost, no opening feature, just an RC controllable yeah. trap. It doesn't really have to have that Open added feature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see, heck yeah. I think they could totally do that.
0: And I kind of, so not to do. like spoil anybody who's got like their <laughs> grand investment out there. Who's like, I invested in a ghost trap and it's now worth $500 on eBay. One. <laughs> no, it isn't because people found them on Amazon a few weeks ago. And so the price has dropped significantly. Uh, and two, um, I I thought that was unobtainium. It it has been. uh, It (laughs) was. I mean, it still is. You can't buy any now, but it was unobtainium. And then suddenly the ones that were pre-ordered in 2021 that we never thought would get delivered were mysteriously delivered by Amazon in very dented boxes. Um, Yeah. uh, So but I I think that that potentially like they could still come out and re-release that. And if they did, they might like call it something different because they might have to. Like, I don't know how they dealt with that. They wrote it off as like an insurance loss. The same way that like, you know how Discovery just got rid of a Batman movie? But it means they can never show us anything from that Batman movie ever. Because they're like, COVID-19 oh, yeah. meant that our completely it's finished Bat Batman Girl. movie was, yeah. Our the completely finished Batgirl movie or eight ninety 90% finished Batgirl movie was ruined by COVID-19. And thus it's an insurance write-off. And you're like, hmm, okay. Or a tax write-off, however they played those games. And I'm wondering how like Hasbro dealt with the loss. Like, did they go, hey, we took a loss on this because of shipping or whatever. Or, That's know, why how they, they laid all with.
1: those people off because they didn't sell <laughs> this bunch of traps.
0: So they <laughs> but I was also <laughs> thinking funny, about this like but... ectoplasm lab, right? Like we never got our release here in the U.S., but clearly they produced them. They sold them. They sold them overseas. There's nothing about that toy that would prevent them from doing it again and like releasing no. it for the next movie and then say like putting out another like reproducing the existing set of ghost gushers and adding in maybe something from the new movie. Right. So um because all of that was supposed to work together, right? The gushers, mm-hmm. the slime refills we never saw, which were supposed to have many ghosts inside of them, and the ectoplasm lab were supposed to be boom, buy these, use them together, like Play-Doh, a Play-Doh playset, and like, I don't know, another Play-Doh playset. Just but like <laughs> does that make Does that make sense? Like, I yeah
1: yeah yeah. It was all supposed to be like, uh, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so but yeah, they could easily re-release that. No problem. It's nothing afterlife, you know. Yeah, has to be like that or anything like
0: no, that, like not like none of it was afterlife specific stuff, right? Like the only things that were really was. Like maybe you could argue the trap was because the trap is introduced in Afterlife. But if the RC traps in the next movie, then who cares if the RC traps in the video game and the RC trap ends up being an animated stuff, then it's just an RC trap. It doesn't have to be Afterlife specific in it's marketing at all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Beyond that, like I know you make toys. I know you're selfish about what you want. <laughs> What's something you really want to see Hasbro do? Like, I know we talked about that. You know, a 112 Ecto, but like is there something else while Hasbro has a license you'd want to see them do with it?
1: I would like to see them. And it's not gonna happen, but I'd like to see that <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see them continue to roll out with the Kenner Classics and just keep re-releasing yeah. stuff along those lines, but it's not gonna happen. I that at most they might possibly do Ecto Glow because they can just reuse the molds from right. the classics. They're not different. But I, they showed off that video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just thinking of that as you're that talking time, about this. Yeah. And they, they they showed off a few things that were being sculpted that we did not see. So. It was a
0: backpack Slimer, right? That was just like, yeah, that was the exactly. big thing I remember, was like the guy showed, they showed us the guy sculpting backpack mm. Slimer by hand. And it was like, oh, cool. This is, And it was like, and how we made these. And then and crickets. Then nothing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, which, it's the... It's the Ghostbusters hellbent script of toys. <laughs> we all knew about it a long time ago, and it never happened. <laughs> if, it's
0: the, if it's the Ghostbusters hellbent script of toys, then it might mean that it's someday discovered inside of a library at Yale. Um, which, <laughs> like, we're not going I didn't put this in the news item this week, but this is a good way, place that it got injected into the podcast somewhere um, because I've kind of suggested that inevitably it will. Like. Um, if you don't know about this, if you've been chasing the Ghostbusters hellbent script for a long time, it does exist. It is out there. I'm not going to tell you where to go get it right now because the place that would say, come get it for me, wants you to pay money for it. I will tell you, though, that it's available. Yale has it. It was inside the apparent um, holdings of uh, a man named Tom Davis, who's an actor and comedian who was a friend of Dan Aykroyd's. And all of his papers were donated to Yale apparently in 2012 or after 2012 when he passed. And. It's part of their rare books collection or rare documents collection that you can go and read hellbent inside of a library at Yale, um, which is kind of (laughs) crazy. And somebody has made an electronic copy of it and it is circulating out there and you'll probably be able to find it somewhere in the future uh, for free. Which is why I'm telling you now that maybe you shouldn't just go pay somebody for it who says I'm only providing this for historical and research purposes while I ask you to give me money. Mini rants that we didn't put in the news items. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? No. <laughs> did Did you Did you say he's asking me about toys from a competitor? I know what I'll do. <laughs> Wind him up I about Hellbent. <laughs> I
1: love Mattel. I love them all.
0: I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. That's i, I will see now you brought this up because i've i have read this script and i don't really want to talk about the script too deta- detailed and part of the reason i don't want to is that and this is real like i'm just going to say this here at this point in the podcast and this is a very disorganized podcast where somebody i like comes on and then we just riff and do things and then i throw in sound bites anyway because they belong in the podcast but <laughs> this is really like news <laughs> and not what we were talking about but part of the reason I didn't put it in the news items and part of the reason that I didn't really talk about what's in the script because I have read it and I believe at this point you have read it is that I don't know what potentially could come out of it ever again does that like make sense like I don't like this like you can look at every script as a closed document something we moved on from right but it's like I'm now paraphrasing Derek Osborne who was paraphrasing Ivan Reitman in GB fans a couple weeks ago and he said that like scripts are living documents, right? That like scripts exist during and post production. And there's still ideas in them. There's still things people might utilize. And for all I know, like something that's in that text, maybe something that somebody has been kicking around in their head for 25 years that they still want to put in a movie, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. I've made this conscious decision to say this script exists. If you're a person who's really been looking for it. And part of the reason I would say that is that if you've, looked at James A. Green's book like or James Green Jr.'s book. I don't know why I'm like James A. Green. Who's James A. If you look, (laughs) if you've looked at James Green Jr.'s book, the source from which he talks about draft scripts is in his footnotes. Right. So it's like it's not a secret that this is out there at this point. If you're academic enough to look at the footnotes of the person who wrote a book about it. But, um, you know, the part of the reason I haven't talked about it for that reason, but I will say this that script has a whole bunch of really good ghosts that would make dope toys. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it's just cool to see some unfiltered Dan Aykroyd. No, that is true. Like I'm like, you know, unfiltered Dan Aykroyd is amazing.
0: Um, unfiltered Dan Aykroyd is outstanding. If there's a reason to go look at this and read it yourself and not be like, Hey, I'm going to try and monetize it. That is the reason is it's like literally a Dan Aykroyd written script before anyone else comes along and says, well, some of this makes sense. Some of this is like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the one plot point I will talk about from that script that I, I want to say something about is this. In that script, at a certain point. They Ghostbusters source a vehicle for something. And the vehicle that they source is like a 1947 Packard. Exactly.
1: <laughs> because anything that is a piece of Ghostbusters equipment has to be something that is very old. They do not make anymore. <laughs> it's super hard to find. You, you can't, can't get anywhere. Get. If you want to make it accurate, you're not going to be able to because there's like two of them ever made. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> like I got to this It's point, on par.
1: It's on par with the I course. got
0: to this point in this story. I read this particular beat and I began laughing because I was like, Dan Aykroyd wrote a script and he was like, OK, cadets, what's even more rare than a 1959 millimeter today? <laughs> what can I get the studio to buy me several of so that we can take them apart and install all kinds of weird things inside of them? Like, it's like I'm just like sitting like I don't. How do you come up with a 1947 Packard? <laughs> just... <laughs> and if you want to know what that's about, I'll leave it in your own capable hands to figure out how to figure stuff out, how to figure out. How... Stop talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly don't feel comfortable doing it. So just stop. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> but this has been the grand debate, admittedly. For about several days, the grand debate is, do you talk about one of the most, you know, one of the biggest like missing pieces of Ghostbusters lore? um, Or do you not, you know, because you don't think that it's being released in a way that it potentially should be um, and maybe not necessarily with the blessing of those who would like to have it released or not have it released. Um, So now I'll shut up about that. (laughs)
2: All right. <laughs>
0: dead air. <laughs> Welcome to dead air. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any other reaction to sort of like, I, I don't know if you want to talk. I don't know if you if how you felt about it. Like, I don't want to talk about the plot points for that reason, but how, what did you, I know you've read it. What did you feel about reading? I'll put it in those terms. Like I felt it was interesting and I thought that it was quirky and it's very cool to see some unfiltered Dan Aykroyd, but that as a movie, I don't know how they would have ever made
1: it. <laughs> it's, kind of like what everybody's known and heard about, like kind of how his approach to the first film was with them being in space and it take place in the future. And the yeah. proton packs are mm-hmm. like magic wands attached to the wrists and all that, that fun stuff. But it's, it's kind of more along the lines of that. So if you read it with that in mind, you're not really that surprised by the way things kind of sound yeah. in it, but I don't think there's any real way it could be a film I think it definitely <laughs> needs that Harold Ramis bring it back to reality touch that it, that, yeah. that made the the first and second film what they are. It, definitely, definitely lacking that. <laughs> but it's it's just fun to read it and just this finally, finally see it with the To know it's there. To know it is the pain. I mean, everybody knew it was there. It's not like it's a big secret, yeah. but it to actually finally get some more context and real facts behind it and actually see the pages. It's, it's cool to see for what yeah. it is, but no
0: agreed. Um, I, you know, and like I said, it, it, this is something that I imagine is going to be out in next month or two that it will be publicly available. And so as much as people may want to run out and read, like, don't feel comp- like I have to go spend $10. Like, yeah, if you want to support the person who's doing that, feel free to do it. Um, I, I did admittedly so I could go get it, but I afterwards went. I don't know how I feel about this. It's kind of weird that, <laughs> You took somebody else's copyrighted work and said, it's for research and archival purposes only. Also, pay me. Because <laughs> I got news for you. The Yale Library probably didn't say pay us. <laughs> they, they, they were probably like, we're a library. <laughs> and you can come look at what's in our holdings, uh, even if you're not a student at Yale, because we're a library. Um, anyway, I'll get off this now. Um, Do we feel adequately uncomfortable now as we approach the back end of the podcast? Have we done a good job of?
1: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) If that was if that was the goal. Yeah.
0: Do you have any? We have any conversational minefields to wander through here? Like, should we talk about Ghostbusters 2016? No, (laughs) no,
1: I. I. uh, I appreciate the film.
0: I wasn't serious. We don't have to talk. About it. <laughs> I just meant that doing so would be a conversational minefield, because even if you love that movie, you will walk yourself into a conversational minefield with someone else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will say this about 2016. Personally, it came out at a time good for me. My daughter was at a great age. She was. four four or five years old when it came out and it just got her introduced and excited about yeah. Ghostbusters in general. And it reintroduced Ghostbusters into the, I guess the marketplace and you get the Playmobil stuff and the, the Mattel figures and and all the stuff started hitting the, hit the market. It was a perfect time for me personally with my daughter. And she was right at that, that sweet age to get brainwashed by all the things <laughs> that are coming out at that point in time. And Ghostbusters was part of it. So, uh, that was, that I will say that I appreciate it for that. It helped introduce it into my daughter's life and made her a fan. And I, and she saw afterlife with me and yeah. half the reason why she was excited to go see Afterlife us. Cause she already had a, uh, knew about what after or not afterlife, but she knew about what ghostbusters was because of the 2016 movie yeah. and everything. And I took her to see it. It was one of the first, actually, I think the first movie I took her to see was Guardians of the galaxy volume two which scared the crap out of her (laughs) and I regret doing, but it was one of the first movies I took her to. It was the first movie she was old enough to enjoy at the theater. I'll say that. So I have a small little appreciation for it, for that, but I'll leave it. I'll leave it. sit
0: right there. (laughs) I have said many times that movie is highly responsible for giving us Thor Ragnarok, but you don't get Chris Hemsworth who openly comes back and like says, I want to do comedy. (laughs) <laughs> because Correct. he did that movie. So, whether you love it, whether you hate it, it did something positive for Marvel fans because it gave us funny Thor, um which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. So, but you navigate, like, I'll be honest, you navigated that conversational minefield a little too well. So, let's throw one more in there. <laughs> Go for it. Ghostbuster
1: grenades.
0: How do you feel? <laughs> let's do this. We'll both be very uncomfortable. Let's just do, round out the oh. back, last of the podcast, being very uncomfortable at everything we talk about. Um, how do we feel about Bill Murray's onset behavior? No, we're not doing this shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not, I'm just kidding. But like, this is what I like. I admittedly. <clears throat> The, the, he put uh, Seth
1: Green in a trash
0: can or something? <laughs> that's the light <laughs> part of it. That's, that's <laughs> the, the no like this is where the, like the funny part of this is like, hey, he once put a child in a trash can. Go on. Let's not. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just like
1: but dunked him in the trash can on top of all those Ghostbuster scripts he shredded.
0: That's right. Um, (laughs) Along with all of his address books and um, all all of his bills, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Along with all of the posters that were not actually signed by somebody and instead were auto pen. I don't know. They they could go (laughs) into all kinds of things. The point here was less to be like, hey, let's be really legitimately feel uncomfortable because I always feel comfortable talking to you. Um, and that's why I think, you know, part of this, the, the, joking about this hell bent script thing is like, I do feel weird about it. You know, it's like, it's weird to try and navigate how to talk about a thing that you love and you care about, but you also don't want to piss off people because, you know, it's not a finished work. They didn't intend for it to be seen. It wasn't really like their plan, you know? I don't know, but I still think no, so get around it by putting them in a book, they should take these scripts and put them in a book and sell it to us. And then we could all pay. For what it if you good about it, you know,
1: like, like we were saying the other day when we were talking Make a make a what if make a one of the animated series, just all the unused scripts from 1990. What was that? Seven to whenever 2016. There's a few. There's a few in there. I'm sure there's there's some good stories. Yeah, I I think it definitely could uh, blow the dust off of those and make a nice animated series.
0: And Uh, maybe they even are like, that's part of the other reason why it's like, I don't really want to talk about the plot points because it's like, for all I know, like, they're doing they're they're covering the on the the times where the Ghostbusters were in existence between the 1990s and now. And it's like that we've been told that this is going to that those animated series are going to talk about periods of Ghostbusting we haven't seen yet. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, I don't. Yeah, that's part of why it's like, I want people to know, hey, if you are the kind of person who likes to see behind the scenes scripts and know that stuff is out there. Yeah, it's out there. You should know that. But like, I don't. I don't know. I just kind of reached a point. Like maybe I've over talked about this meta. How do you podcast thing? But it's like I've thought about this like <laughs> way too much over the last week of like, what do you do with this content? You know, what do you do? Can you talk about it? Do you not talk about it? Do you um, do you deny it its existence because you don't want to upset people? Or do you recognize that like a whole bunch of people have been wanting it for a really long time and that occasionally even somebody you really expect respect occasionally trickles out like a couple paragraphs at a time on Twitter? i think we covered the bases on this at this point there's not much more to be said about it but um thank you for raising the issue i guess because i wasn't going to because i felt weird about it so sorry no it's fine it's it's really it really is okay i'm kind of glad you've made the passing reference to it because i have not figured out how i'm going to deal with it but i have jokingly said that the way it will end up being dealt with is somebody will bring it up like that it will happen you know so it's like okay Uh cool
1: so I, guess I was the one to do it. It's your fault. To.
0: It's your fault. You did it. It's not like I didn't mention it an hour ago before we started this, too. But um, it's, just, it's fine. But anything else coming up down the pipeline that you want to talk about? Plug throw, um, you know, our attention on. Tell us that's so great that we should go and endorse it. Whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on when this comes out, uh, tune into the Jeffrey Awards. From oh, yeah. Toy Anxiety and just have some podcasts, which Phantasm Toys is uh, the proud sponsor of. That's right. And I we I'm supplied sorry. the trophies and uh, we might have a, a few more uh, Crypt Groupers coming out soon. Uh, we got some glow in the dark stuff we're working on and thinking about uh, re-releasing some of the past favorites that haven't been out for a long time that we've been sold out on. And, nice. Uh, a lot of people who've come on to us later, just now finding out about us have been asking for. So
0: so that also there means if you see creepers. those figures on eBay and someone wants to charge you sixty five dollars for them, don't do that.
1: That's all good. <laughs> Go ahead. I love it. it. It makes me feel good. I know. I like to see my stuff on eBay. It makes me feel like a legit toy company. I think it's funny.
0: <laughs> I did, there was Go like There was you had put out the pre-orders for the second wave of class tens and one of those class tens was sitting on eBay at like $100. And I was like, somebody's going to be really pissed off if they pay the money for this. And, <laughs> and realize that you're making, like that, that you actually have more in pre-order right now. But yeah, that's, that's, you do, you do know when you're succeeding because people are like, I value this higher than I paid for it. And now you should pay me more.
1: <laughs> I think it's cool. If people think it's something cool enough that they can uh, sell on the, the eBay, go for it. I like yeah. to see it. So
0: that's what I do. I buy all your stuff and then I flip it. <laughs> 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 no, I um, well, I, I am excited to see what you have coming up with the bike. And I think it's cool. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with, uh, yes, have, have some podcast toy anxiety show. They have a, uh, annual award show now. I'm like, it's as, yeah, it's, I didn't even like say what it was. I brought years? it up
1: and I didn't think it is the third the third year yes it's it is gonna be a, it's on Valentine's Day on
0: Valentine's Day so. on the 14th so and it is on yep. YouTube um and you can watch it and Tony Taylor and phantasm toys provided the Jeffrey statues um that are very cool I saw photos of those and I was like those are great um years ago when they first started <laughs> the Jeffreys, I said they should go down and buy a series of plasma series ecto ones and just spray paint them gold. <laughs> people. here here's your here's your prize um but i was like go down and buy the good, go down to goodwill and buy all the charcoal black plasma series ectos that have been returned to target and put into salvage <laughs> just spray paint them gold and hand those out but i you made a really cool like figure for that i think it's nice and um you can't get one of those it's not one you can be like i can you can if you're a, if you're a phantasm toys completist Sorry, you have to win a prize. You have to go out and actually design toys for a major toy company and win an award. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the plans are for the
1: actual trophies themselves, whether they're props or they're actually going out to toy companies or whatnot or whatever. I'm just, it was just fun to, yeah. fun to make, actually. No, either way. Be it's a part hilarious. of it. It's all, it's all fun. Um,
0: but you can't get one is the point. So sorry, you suck. Nope, not for sale. <laughs> NFS. Um, <laughs> so check out the jeffries keep your eyes out for crip creepers yeah and um terror tub muncher yep yep and, oh, yeah. and ohio's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i think we talked about yep. off the air but if you're thinking about relocating in your life <laughs> ohio
1: <laughs> ohio's not so bad <laughs> Um, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, the Terror Tub will be uh, class 10 here shortly. Full new design and larger and meaner and more fun, more playability. The only slime-infused bathtub toy on the market. So, (laughs) if that's what you're into...
0: (laughs) Welcome to Terror Tub! It's the only (laughs) slime-infused toy on the market! Like... (laughs) I have to be stopped. Um, I have to be stopped at this point.
1: Uh, Anyway. You go play some pinball.
0: That is maybe true. I may have to go play some pinball. (laughs) I can listen to Ernie Hudson yell, get the super jackpot. (laughs) And storage facility (laughs) multiball. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate that you were on and, uh, and we had a good conversation. I always enjoy your company. Because you're a good person and uh, a fun person to talk. to. Yeah, with, it's always so.
1: great to great to talk to you. I love Extraplasm and I'm just I'm a big fan and weekly Thank listener you. when it comes out weekly. <laughs> 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 you know, a little little dig, just a joke. It's I understand. It's, you know, it's, understand. A ten, it's an
0: every. It's an, it's a week. And I, a share half your, I share your.
1: I share your one man operation it's, pain. It's a, Week and a halfly. It's a, it's a Even though by, technically
0: by week and a halfly. oh
1: it's as long as it's happening, man. That's that's all that matters. A, you're you you're still doing it. I a, love it. It's
0: a week and a halfly. That's that's my new word. <laughs> it's not like annually, but it's week and a halfly.
1: And that's gonna get edited out.
0: No, it probably is. Really, I am
1: honestly a fan. No, really. Oh, I, I, appreciate I appreciate what that. you do and everything. And I appreciate all the support that we get from you and from everybody else for that matter. And Uh, it makes it all worthwhile. It's fun to see everybody posting pictures and, and showing anything that phantasm toys had come out of here and get shipped off, show up in their collections. And it's, it's just a blast. I'm enjoying it. And I can't wait for everybody to see what else we got planned. Stay tuned. I
0: love the creative people in our community who do cool things. There are, you know, want to share things. And like, you are one of those people, you know, and that's like part of why ever since your first figures, it was like, Hey, This is a good idea. (laughs) Like he's got (laughs) he's got mini ghosts that I can add to my mini ghost collection. I like it. You know, it's just like that's where that all started. And it's like, Mm -hmm. let me I gotta say this, not to be like, hey, I talked you up all the time. I'm really proud to like watch you do what you do, and not because I had any hand in it. You're not like my son, I'm not your dad. (laughs) But But like I, I just to watch you do what you've done, like from what started as like, hey, I'm making minifigures that are like one color or just like hand painted to I have an entire I uh, like I've got a partner and I've built out like a, a way of matt of producing a ton of figures that are high, super high quality. Like not like your old ones weren't, but it's like there's a big difference between like, hey, I'm gonna make mini ghosts and I'm gonna make a posable figure that has like components that move and that has to be assembled and that you know, like that, like this different from just casting something, right. It's like, that's that in your context, like you, everything you make is new and it's like so hard to make things that are new. And it's so hard to like get better at like adding complexity and depth. And so I think that, um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that there's a lot to be said for that. You know, um, original creative work is hard and uh, watching you go from like, Hey, I'm going to make some one-off cool, like mini ghost figures to i'm gonna design in a figure with a partner and figure out how to make a, a moving piece of you know stuff a toy that actually has components that move and it has play value to it other than just being something cool to look at dude that's awesome like well, thank, thank you, you for doing it, it means a lot and like you're thank really you. good thank at you. it so yeah sorry being been a little emo today
1: no i appreciate it very very much uh it's a labor of love and it's just something i enjoy doing and i'm glad to do it
0: well keep doing it because it's fun to watch you do it and it's fun to get your stuff so you know well
1: thanks and the second round of slime balls are being made now so everybody who's waiting on those don't worry
0: they're being made they'll be on their way out (laughs) i have them all that's really what it is is i have them all i'm putting them all on ebay (laughs) 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 you guys you're not getting your orders fulfilled you have to come through me they're coming (laughs) they're coming i'm sure they are (laughs) um
1: we got lots of fun stuff it's just i i think ghostbusters is such a special little property and it's it's it can't really really be compared to anything else it's like not on the same level as like star wars and some of the bigger licenses and it's bigger than most others too but it doesn't really get i feel like it doesn't really get the attention it deserves there's a lot left on the plate and there's a lot that us fans have wanted for a long time or deserve i feel that gets overlooked and we're trying to right those wrongs
0: well Keep on keeping on because you're doing a great job and uh, I appreciate it. And I appreciate it.
1: Same to you, man. I appreciate Thank everything you. you're doing. You keep I'm, on keeping on the podcast, man. I
0: will on, doing a, great. on a week and a half basis. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk to you again soon, Tony. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. All right. And remember, everybody, um, since I'm, you know, this is we Tony was here as the co-host. This is the part where the podcast ends. So normally, you know, it'd be like I would come in and be like, that's going to do it for extraplasm this week. So I'm going to do it right here. That's going to do it for extraplasm this week. (laughs) 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 If you want to contact the podcast or share anything with the podcast, you can reach us at extraplasm on Instagram or extraplasm on Twitter or extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. As always, um, your likes, your positive reviews, even for this show where we're rambling this much, <laughs> it's <laughs> re- greatly appreciated. You can leave positive reviews for us on iTunes. Uh, I want to add in because I haven't done it well enough. Uh, our logo is from Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios. Our, our theme music yes. is by uh, defunct Vaporwave artist Magnavox. And we hope to see you again in a week and a halfly basis <laughs> or sooner. <laughs> At least. <laughs> Until then. As Ernie Hudson would say.
2: Try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.